does have it all. All of our pre-owned vehicles are Hubler Q certified, which include a 128-point vehicle inspection, a free Carfax vehicle history report, and two warranties. A two-year, 100,000-mile powertrain warranty and a 30-day, 1,000-mile comprehensive warranty. Visit any of our 13 locations today or click drivehubler.com. There's going to be plenty of sports to talk about this morning, even though Kevin Bowen is taking the day to celebrate Father's Day early, as he very well deserves. Now that, of course, not one but two children in the house, that means that Mark Dykton slides over into that seat. Mark, also happy Father's Day weekend to you. Thank you. Yeah, I'm, I'm childless now for the next few hours. The final, final stretch of being uh, just home by myself is about to be over. Really? Mm-hmm. Well, you're not home by yourself at all. You're here. Well, I am now, but I'm saying once the show would get over, it was just me and my thoughts, and that's uh, a dangerous place. <laughs> okay. <laughs> uh, I saw this this morning, and, and we'll talk plenty this morning over the course of the morning about the Colts situations, some of the workouts that the Pacers have had. How about the Cubs? Your Cubs getting a sweep, right? Yes, yes, but is it is it bad that I was more – I was more upset that the Diamondbacks lost and your Orioles won than I won, was that the Cubs got a sweep. No, because there's PBR on the line. I know. It's very I, I looked at the score. I'm like, come on. Come on, Diamondbacks. Get it together. I was very upset. But so happy I, that my Cubs got the sweep. Though. I heard the following story this morning from our friends at 93 WIBC. Kurt Darling got out a rope, like a big, huge lasso, and roped me in on this. He swung that bad boy in the air flung it that rope went right around me and he reeled me right in mm-hmm. sends a tweet a major and then in quotations gas station experience is coming to indiana oh i got your attention didn't yes, I? yes you do 80 pumps mm-hmm. more than just a gas station great service clean restrooms and unexpected necessities I'm be very upset that this takes a turn. Old-fashioned, courtesy, high-tech service. 80 fueling stations, electric vehicle charging stations. Open and inviting layout, retail items for everyone. Amazing hats and t-shirts. A family-focused experience. A carving station, gourmet coffee, beef jerky bar. Okay. Sweet treats, popcorn station. How geeked are you? Is that what I think it is? Whitestown, right off 65, right? Yeah. Say the word. I, I don't want to get over out over my skis here. Mark is literally. Come on. Come on. Literally, Mark is like Stop teasing about me. to jump out of his seat. The great American road trip, Wally's. Oh. <laughs> I knew it. I knew there was a curve coming. I'm not familiar with Wally's. No. Is, is this a Bucky's like cousin? Is this a Bucky's knockoff or is Bucky's a Wally's knockoff? Is it W A L L Y? Or is it like I E? Wally's, just like Wally World. But I literally, when I heard this, I was like, they knew what they were doing. 93 WIBC. Now, he's got Wally's. They've got a, a mascot. He looks like a little Yogi the Bear. Uh-huh. Stay in touch with the latest Wally's news and promotions. I mean, I, but I'm unfamiliar with I've Wally's. I've never heard of Wally's. Let's see where their locations are. They've got one in Pontiac, Illinois, Fenton, Missouri, 
That's it. Two of them. This I've is the an, third. I've got an article up right here that literally says, quote, Wally's the Midwest version of Bucky's gas station. So it seems like it's it's really trying to be just a carbon copy. How? how I mean. But, but Bucky's is coming Midwest. There's ones in Kentucky, and t- we're making our way. Can we get a Bucky's Wally's turf war? Ooh. Like the Crips and Bloods? <laughs> is that what you're saying? Like get a Bucky's right across the street? Well, we're going to have the Battle of the W's as Wawa's coming to Noblesville and Fort Wayne. I knew Wawa was coming. Wawa's solid. Nah, Wawa's a... Philly people think Wawa's Bucky's, and it's like saying that... Oh, no, it's not Bucky's, but it's it's not bad. No, I mean, Wawa is the Harry and Izzy's of gas stations. No. Wawa, Wawa is to Bucky's what the Birmingham Stallions are to the Kansas City Chiefs, right? Sure. Within the market that knows no better, it's passable. W- Wawa is a designer BP, right? Wally's, if Wally's feels like Bucky's light. Anyway, good morning to you on a Friday. Jake Query here. That obviously Mark Dykes and Sam Fritz, who you hear as well. When is I'm, it expected to open? I'm pulling your chain a little bit, Sam. Um, that's a good question. When are they going to open Wally's? You ask. Yeah. I mean, I'll go. I'll take it in. You know what's? I'll, I'll have my thing. Bucky's critical. You know what? Eye going. I just thought about this. I just thought about this. This actually, I'm on board now with Wally's. Let me uh-huh. tell you why. Okay. I'm on board with Wally's. The marketing genius behind this, Bucky's, their logo is is what? It's the Beaver. Okay. Who's the Beaver's brother? That's what I'm saying. Is it? Is it? I didn't know if it was like a sister's company or not. Wally is the brother of the Beaver. Uh huh. And leave it to Beaver. Oh. So so the marketing genius See, behind Wally's reference. alone is incredible. So I'm now, you know what? They're not an imposter at all. I'm all in on Wally's. Okay. <laughs> I'm all in, man. Well, we'll have to see whenever it does open that in That epiphany just came to me, and now I'm all in. I mean, we can do a show from Wally's whenever it opens. We're open for business. Come on by, Wally's. It's based in suburban St. Louis. Oh. It's going to build a $30 million gas station in Whitestown. Okay. Nothing wrong with that. Yeah, Wally's knows what they're doing, man. These people are dumb like a fox. Dumb uh, like a fox? Dumb like a fox. Oh, That's okay. a phrase, Mark. I've Did you have a uh, good Thursday evening? Good Thursday. I mean, I'm doing I'm doing like honeydew list stuff while my wife and daughters were out of town. So it was like painting our deck and everything like that. So it's not like I was doing like golf or anything like that that was one day this week but the rest was painting that's because the family so your family is where they're in currently in florida so we we drove down to florida last thursday night and then i stayed until monday and flew back here to do the show for the week so i just didn't want to take that much vacation time off and i knew i was hosting today and then after the show today this afternoon i'm flying back down to florida and then we're going to begin our trek back up here What, what part of florida they're in Northport right now with my mother-in-law and, and that's sister-in-law. Where? Uh, that's on like an hour south of Tampa. Somebody got mad at me, by the way, when we were talking about Florida. And, and I, they live in Florida, so I will take their expertise here. And said, and I, but, although I do disagree with this, but it's not my place to tell somebody who lives in Florida about, I mean, he would know, or she. We were talking about Jacksonville, and I said, like, yeah, I think most people in Florida consider Jacksonville kind of Georgia South. Yeah. And... They were like, no, people in Florida consider Jacksonville 100% Florida. It's Miami that we don't claim. And I'm like, I, I don't know about that. Like, if you talk to people like from Tampa and South, which is a vast majority of the state, right? 
I think they find Miami relatable to the rest of the state because of the ocean and water and you know what I mean. I realize the the culture in Miami is different, but Jacksonville to me and the people like my friends that live in Orlando, Tampa, my family in the Clearwater, St. Pete area, like they go to Miami far more often than they ever go to Jacksonville. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I when we're driving down, I mean, I'll see the exit for Jackson. I'm like, I still have a ways to go to get to where I need to in this state. So it's one of those things where it's like, it's it's in the state, but it's so far away from everything else. We're kind of like, eh, I I don't know. I mean, I could see the Georgia Southern reference though, but I've only been to Jacksonville once, I think, and I think once was enough because I do did a Jaguars Chargers Monday Night Football game, and this is before they did their renovations of the stadium, but it was not good. And I'm like, this this. Stadium hosted a Super Bowl? How on earth did that happen? Who fell asleep at the wheel on that decision? Well, anywhere where it's warm now is the Super Bowl sites, right? Uh, Hey, Jake, is Wally's going to be the site of the former WIBC 1070 AM Towers? Uh, Good question. Same vicinity, but no, those are already, there are already condos there. You know, because if you're driving on 65, you see the 93 WIBC billboard. That's where the towers were. Uh, But those are now condos or apartments. I think it's apartments, but it's residential already. Uh, has been put up there. I see a YouTube video I have to watch later. It says, Wally's versus Bucky's Battle of the Mega Gas Station. <laughs> I told you, it's a well, turf I know war. what I'm doing after we, the show. We roughed it up here. Didn't I know. The, the, but look at the Wally's mascot. He's kind of a cute fella. I got. I don't see him. Oh, there he is. Yeah, he does look like a Yogi Bear, like, knockoff. I'm telling you, these people know what they're doing. Bucky's is the beaver, and they're like, well, the only thing better than the beaver is the, the smarter and more polished Wally, Right. Wally was better looking. Wally was a little more wise than Beaver. Yeah. I mean, that's pretty. We should open another clever. one called Lumpies. Right? Sure. Eddie's. <laughs> Am I the only one here that watched We're, Leave it to Beaver? Well, yeah, I think so. Uh, Colts OTAs are done, as we talked about yesterday. So they are now completed. They are wrapped up, and they are sayonara onto their own respective personal directions i used to always say with training camp for example back in my day when the colts used to have training camp in anderson or in Terre Haute, but i'll go all the way back to anderson which was when they first moved here and for the first you know 15 years of their existence basically they would have training camp in anderson it was like you know move in day you know guys are bringing in their own pillow and they're living in dorms and everything else and that would go for seven weeks. I don't know, whatever it was. Mm-hmm. And on one of the big news coverage days when I worked at Channel 6, one of the big days that you always had to cover, all hands on deck, one was training camp report day, and the other was training camp departure date. And literally, Mark, you had to be up there like – you know, the practice would end at 10.30 or whatever. And you had to be up there early because, like, those guys weren't stopping to talk to anybody. And I used to always say it looked like a shotgun start of a golf outing, but with exotic vehicles. I mean, it was just like, boom, there's a 100 cars. You know, back then it would have been Hummers and Rolls and Bentleys and Mercedes. All Lambos. Just, yeah, going in 100 directions because guys knew – like, once training camp was done, they had, like, three days, four days, whatever, and then they had to report, obviously, back to practice on 56th Street. But um, they were ready to get the heck out of there. And I think, to an extent, I mean, the OTAs, I get it. It's important. It gives everybody kind of a baseline. They they, they have, like, their little 
they have their homework now, right? Right. To go home and take care. But, but at the same time, I guess the question I have for you would be if you were a player and you just went through the OTAs and you now know that, that you are in the clear between now and the opening of camp, I get what you should do and I get what you'd be expected to do. But the real question is, would you find yourself saying, okay, I've gone through all that. I'm good. I'm going to go relax my body and do nothing or maybe take a vacation or relax before camp begins. Or would you ramp it up now and start your own personal workouts like two, three times a day to be in the best shape ever? I think the latter, because while you do want a vacation and all that stuff, you also got to remember that when training camp comes, you're expected to show up in shape. You're not going to be using. I know they, they have like a ramp up period now. The first three or four days aren't in pads and all that stuff when they first get there. But you want to be in as good a shape as you can be heading into the season and into training camp because you're going to get those bumps and bruises and nicks that are going to take place. And you want to have your body at least somewhat, you know, scalded a little bit to get ready for those kinds of bumps and bruises once the pads go on and there's actually full contact and all that stuff. So I would choose the latter. I don't blame guys if they want to take it easy because they know the grind that's coming with the season that's now 17 games and stretches for eons as far as the months go by. But, I mean, especially if you're a guy that's on the bubble of the roster, I don't think you can take it easy because if you do, that's kind of showing like, hey, I, I yeah. mean, it's, uh, we'll see how it's going. I, I think there probably is an element of where you rank, right? Right. Like even Anthony Richardson, he's a rookie. I don't think he's taking it easy. He's he wants to show well, out I as mean, best he can. You know, Reggie Wayne when he was a player. I mean, you know, he. I remember Reggie Wayne used to get up at like five in the morning and do five. I mean, he, by by eight a.m. he had done yeah more than most people do all day. Mm -hmm. uh, by the way, if there's Wally's and then you've got Bucky's Beaver, somebody said, "What about Ward in June?" Well, I think we know what month they should open. Right? Yeah, it's got to be Wally's in June, right? Although that sounds a little Oedipus, but maybe they can open next to like the what is it, the Andy Griffith breakfast shop well they should they should open next to a hospital which would be next to the maternity ward so they got that covered right and you open in june yeah and you open in june maybe you're only open in june because <laughs> once that, you get out of july that seems a poor business model <laughs> <laughs> we're closed for 11 months but come back yeah but the turnout would be fantastic like you gotta get here they're only open for 30 you days go, let me ask you this your loyalty to bucky's will you not go to wally's or will you go oh no i'll go I'll go like I we go to when we go to we went to two Bucky's on the drive down we'll probably go to one or two on the way back and we go to a Wawa here and there to grab you know shakes or something like but that. Wawa pales in comparison no, to pales Bucky's in comparison yeah, yeah but it, but it's solid Sam, but yeah, I, I will go to Wally's Sam Fritz who's from the Pennsylvania area Wawa I, I realize is Wawa is just a classier gas station but it's still in comparison a gas station to oh Bucky's. sure it's certainly it's just a gas station but I think from a food standpoint Wawa is in my opinion, the highest quality gas station food I've had. No, I would agree with that. Now, granted, mm -hmm. never been to a Bucky's, but that's why I drew the Harry and Izzy's comparison. It's that quality over quantity, you know. Bucky's can add another hundred fuel pumps and another hundred department stores inside of their location. But Wawa's where you go when you want the nice quality meal. I I would say this. Have you ever gone to I don't even know if they have these anymore. You ever seen outside of like a a grocery store, it used to be Kmart's, but maybe a Target, the little mechanical riding horse, it's like 50 cents or whatever, and you can ride it. Yeah. That's Wawa, and then Bucky's is King's Island. I mean, that's basically the comparison that we're, that we're making here, right? 
for what it's worth? I feel like a comparison in size, sure. But, you know, look, if that little mechanical horse is fun, I'm going on that mechanical horse. Fair. I, 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 this is a hill I have to die on. I have to return to Pennsylvania I, I, I to see my family. I and I cannot be exiled from that state. No, I understand. Uh, needless to say, since Wawa is based out of Pennsylvania, and when they come here, it's only natural they should be on Keystone, right? Yeah. I, well, I mean, unfortunately, they'll be in Noblesville, but... Well, they should put it near Keystone. You get where I'm going there. Yes, I do. Yeah, thank you. Uh, Fever have won two in a row. How about that last night winning in Chicago, 92-90, they're now 4-6. and six. I do think, Kevin mentioned this yesterday, Mark, you're a, a girl dad. Yep. Um, and certainly the Fever, you don't have to have girls to enjoy the Fever, but... It does feel like just having a team, again, four and six, I realize you're like, really? But but three of their last four, they've got really good young talent, one of the best young players in the game. It does feel like, again, there is a franchise that people can kind of get excited about. And I think people are starting to, to kind of maybe open an eye up like, oh, okay. Well, I think the, especially after Tamika retired, it's been kind of like, kind of been a pretty big valley that we've we've been in with the fever because they've tried with different coaches they've had draft picks where they're cutting first round picks multiple times over consecutive seasons you know so you're like what's going on here how's the talent evaluation going and all that stuff they found a player in Aaliyah Boston she is fun to watch she had 19 points yesterday led the fever there she's one that they can definitely put a stamp on she's the face of our franchise going forward and all that. They, they've definitely got some fun pieces going on, especially uh, Grace Berger. She's still trying to get some minutes and all that stuff, but she's got the IU ties, obviously. So, yeah, four and six, a couple of games, games under 500, but there's been times where we're, you know, three months into the season, they have four wins. So the fact they have four wins already, that seems like a pretty big positive, I would say, when it comes to the fever. So, yeah, I would definitely like to take my daughters out to a game. In the near future, we haven't we haven't been out to a fever game in a while. So, and they've never yeah, you've been, been to too one. busy at the Indians games, right? Yeah, we do the Indians games quite a bit. But no, I'd love to take them to a fever game. They've been to Pacers games, been to Indians games, been to Colts games. Fever is next on the list. Uh, hey, Jake, what about Ward's Apparel in, in Mooresville? Yeah, see, here we go. Is that the, is that the Levi's place? I don't know. I think it is the Levi's outlet. So you got Ward's Apparel in Mooresville. If they they can. If wards can move up north, mm-hmm. then you, on the same block, you could have. Can you imagine this? You go to Wally's next to wards in June, mm-hmm. and then if they get a Bucky's here, then you've got the, the the Beaver as well. But that's across the street. I mean, what what else do you need? Oh, you need a TV show, a TV store that's playing like Nick at Night nonstop. <laughs> All the fifties TV references. It's perfect, you're throwing right? at me Yeah, I know. Seven I've, in the morning. This show is going to be huge with the over seventy crowd. Oh yeah. Well, they're getting ready for lunch now. (laughs) Fair point. Very fair point. Um, But, yeah, so that's the Fever last night again, uh, winning in Chicago, 92-90. And the Pacers last night, did you see Kevin Pritchard speaking of um, lunch? Did you see who Kevin Pritchard had dinner with last night? I did not. Apparently, Kevin Pritchard had dinner with, I, I, I don't know this factually, I had read this. Uh, dinner with Grady Dick, the Kansas forward that did a solo workout for the Pacers mm. yesterday. I don't think that's totally uncommon. Keep in mind, Pritchard played at Kansas as well. Yeah. So it wouldn't surprise me if that's you know pretty pretty normal that players do you know if the schedule permits after a workout. I don't know that you read too much into that, but I did see that one of the Thompson twins, not the one that that saying hold me now, but one of the Thompson twins canceled their 
workout with the Pacers. Hmm. I believe it was Asar Thompson. Okay. Uh, Asar Thompson withdraws from his scheduled workouts. He basically said, I'm shutting it down. I mean, we are under a week away now. So, yeah, maybe you've got kind of got a feel of where you might be going if you're a player and all that. So I'm curious to see how many more of these player workouts the, the Pacers have lined up. We'll have Dustin DePirac on at 830 to, to discuss that as well as Grady Dick's workout yesterday. So we'll get a little insight with that. Rake Straw joining us as his, at his usual 8 o'clock time as well. I, I think if you were – if I was an agent, Mark, uh huh. if you were – my client and you are scheduled to be thought to be drafted somewhere seven to ten. Okay, I would, as soon as you worked out for let's say teams seven and eight, and I realize it's a bad analogy because the Pacers are seven. But if you, if you let's just say that you were okay, Jalen Hood Shafino. Uh huh. You are my client, you are Jalen Hutchifino, and I'm your agent. So I'm representing Jalen Hutchifino. My job is to get Jalen Hutchifino drafted as high as he can to get the best salary that he can get, etc. If I knew from everything that I'd read, everything I'd heard, scouts that I'd talked to, everybody was saying to me, we think the door opens for Hutchifino around 15 we think the the around pick 15 is when he his name when he's suddenly gonna start being a possibility but we realistically think he's like 18 to 25 if I heard that and I'm his agent then what I do is I wait I have him work out for teams 14 and 15. I'm not saying you don't have him work out for like 18, 19, 20. But as soon as he works out for like 14 and 15 or right in front of the window where things are supposed to open for him, I shut it down. And I do that so that teams go, oh, wait a minute. He must know something. They they, they must have been given intel that team 14 has taken him. So we were hoping to take him at 18, and it looks like he's not going to be here at 18. Like we need to move up to 13 to get him. Or we need to move up to 12 to get him. Or the team that's sitting in 12th goes, we like Hood Shafino, but like all of a sudden now he's canceling workouts. That means somebody's told him they're going to take him pretty like in this area. Like he, his value is pretty high. I mean, that's a solid strategy, I would say. I, I think that happens, right? Yeah. Yeah. Where you're like, hey, you know, maybe Zach Eady's not going to work out here or whatever. He's, he's, he's hearing some things or whatever. So we, we're good. I mean, there's just so much. I remember it's a bad probably comparison point or reference point. But I remember in the O.J. Simpson trial in the closing arguments, Christopher Darden, who was the prosecutor at the time, was getting ready to prepare the jury for the verdict. And now see, we've gone now from the 60s up to the mid-90s. You're getting in my wheelhouse now. You're, You're in close. I had mono. You ever read Mono? No. I had Mono during the OJ trial. Mm-hmm. I was at IU, and well, first off, during Who was the, the lucky lady <laughs> during the Bronco chase, I was an intern in New York City. And is this in your MTV days? In MTV, that was in like the eight, the summer, the the spring, and then the summer of '94. 
the trial was forever long. Uh huh. And by the winter of '95, I'd gone back to school and I got mono. And let me tell you something: mono is like no joke. It it was unbelievable. I remember I slept like 20 hours a day. I would wake up long enough to drink like two bottles of Gatorade and fall right back asleep. And I'd sleep for another 12 hours. It was unbelievable. And then once you kind of overcome it, once you get out. So eventually my parents, I had to like take a bunch of incompletes or withdrawals or whatever. It was like two weeks before finals. I remember that. And my parents came and got me, and I ended up that summer, your energy level is just so low, even once you're, like, out of the illness of it. it's it was. I remember it was hard to go back to, like, to work during the summer because I just had no energy. I was tired all the time. So the recovery of coming off mono, I laid on the couch, basically, and watched the OJ trial. I was, like, the biggest I, – I literally – I could have been Greta Van Susteren. I, I, I was the biggest expert on the OJ trial. They could have called you to the stand, basically. Oh, I mean, I knew everything about it, buddy, like everything. Right. So Christopher Darden, right before the closing arguments, said to the jury, like, let me warn you right now, because the smoke's about to get heavier. The smoke's about to come heavier. And that's exactly where you are in the NBA draft. Like the smoke is getting heavier because there is so much smoke screening that takes place of teams jostling and jockeying for position and just moving things around and lying and trying to manipulate where their players are going to go or not go or, you know, you just never know. So in this first 25 minutes, we've had Leave It to Beaver. Mm-hmm. We've had Let me do the check. Andy Griffith. Yep, okay. No, you, you brought up Andy Griffith. Well, it's still been re- referenced. Ted Lasso, by the way, the Andy Griffith of today. And now we've got Ted Lasso. We've got, I mean, we're spraying to all fields decade-wise. We're all over the got, map. Well, I, have we hit the 70s? I don't think we've got Not the yet. 70s, right? I, I'm going to leave that to you. Okay. There is a Mayberry Cafe in Danville. Yes, yeah, somebody just pointed that out yeah, before he did. That's the one I was thinking of. I couldn't think of the name for a second. Mayberry Cafe, that's what it is. That's where Ward and Junes can go, and then the, the 50s television sets store this, can go there, too. This for my buddy Brandon Cole. Maybe after about five years of success, Bucky's will buy out the Wally's franchise, change them over to Bucky's. One could only hope. Is that like a I, Live I'm Golf on board with PGA Wally's, Tour man. reference? What's that? Is that like a Live Golf PJ Tour reference? That's right. I, I'm on board with Wally's. Like, I, I'm pulling for them. Just yeah. because, just because I like their little mascot, the little bear. He's cool looking. Well, what? This is going to be the third location, so, I mean, they're... They picked Indiana for a reason. That's right. They probably said, where should we go next? You know what? Why not Indiana? <laughs> That's exactly what they said. Yeah. They should. You know what? I'm going to get a hold of the Wally's folk. Mm-hmm. And I've already trademarked it, people, so don't try. And I'm going to sell the Why Not Indiana t-shirts. There at, you go. They probably Wally's. need some some state in-state promotions. It's perfect. Yeah. God. You can do a show from there. Probably there's truckers and stuff filling up Folks, tanks. I want you to enjoy this program now because once Wally's gets up and running and I'm selling my Why Not Indiana t-shirts, you'll never hear from me again. Right? Yeah, except outside the store where you're selling your... Somebody buy a shirt from me. I used to be on the radio. <laughs> Two for 10, three, three, for, three for 12. I mean, wipe your windows. I got a nice paper towel here, too. I always like those T-shirts that you buy like outside of a sporting event, and literally like two weeks later, the paint's all gone. Like, oh, yeah. What the hell happened? I washed it once. Yeah, that, that tends to happen. Lots of stuff going on the next two and a half hours on this program. More 50s references from TV shows and a whole lot more. Greg Regstraw, Dustin Apirek on the show as well. We'll also get into Jonathan Taylor. Contract extension talks. Will it get done? How much are the Colts willing to pay? What's Jonathan Taylor looking for? A lot to get into there. And uh, Pat Sajak hanging it up on the Wheel of Fortune. Uh, we have some athlete ideas of who might be. Literally a, on the wheel. Yeah, may, might be on the wheel. So we'll, we'll play that game. Wheel. We'll offer 
suggestions and you can tell us whether it's right or wrong or stupid or whatever like that. Off and running on a freebie Friday heading into Father's Day weekend. You're listening to Kevin and Query on 93.5 and 107.5 The Fan. Life is full of things to manage. Your work, your family, your plans, and your treatment. Consider Kesimpta, Ofatumumab 20 milligram injection. You can take it yourself from the comfort of home. If you're ready for something different, ask your healthcare provider about Kesimpta and check out the details at kesimpta.com. Brought to you by Novartis Pharmaceuticals Corporation. Welcome back to Dealing Together. First caller? I bought three sweaters to get the fourth free. Oh, you got fleeced. Next caller? I traded my old Samsung at AT&T for a new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus and chose my plan. That's not a bad deal. It is not. Our best smartphone deals. Your choice of plan. Learn how to get the new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus with Galaxy AI on us with eligible trade-in. AT&T. Connecting changes everything. Offers vary by device. Subject to change. S24 plus 256 gigabyte offer available for a limited time. Terms and restrictions apply. See att.com slash Samsung for details. By the way, I'm going to re- begin with this, a reminder, because I saw last night that JMV, they're now going to have as part of the auction that takes place on July 11th as part of our golf tournament, the fan on the back nine, which is Tuesday, July 11th. Somebody had asked, so are we going to be participating? Listen, I I probably will swing a club, but basically the way this works is, you know, the back nine is now open. It's a fabulous place where you can essentially sit and drive golf balls looking like you're going to be hitting the skyline of downtown. Uh, multi-level bays. I'll probably just go from bay to bay, eating nachos and enjoying a cold beer with everybody. Yes, I will swing golf clubs, of course. Um, will that be your first time swinging golf clubs? Pretty close. Pretty close. I've done this kind of a thing before. Um, but I'm excited to do it at the back nine, which is on the, the south side of town, 14 14- 15 Drover Street, so you've got it right. There should be Driver Street, by the way. Um, but you've got the opportunity to come out. We're going to have – this is all going to, of course, be a fundraiser for Fran- Franciscan Health Heart Center and the American Heart Association, so I love that. A foursome is just $95 per person, 364 a foursome. All kinds of prizes. You get a swag bag. You get an opportunity to get involved in the silent auction, which includes the auction opportunity – as I understand it from JMV, to have Kevin Bowen come out and mow your lawn shirtless. Boy, sign up there. One of the items up for bid, right? Honey, the radio um, guy is out front with the shirt off. 1075thefan.com to get involved. I would love for you to get your foursome, go out there, swing the ball around, see if you can get the best golf shots, and I'll come by. JMV will come by. Mark will come by. Kevin come by and hang out with everybody visit your bay and we'll just kind of move around and have a lot of fun with it how's that sounds good sound fun uh-huh. uh fun last night for the indiana fever in chicago they win 92 90 over the sky fever now four and six as we talked about they are next at home against atlanta sunday at the field house that is a four o'clock tip on the baseball diamond, uh, very disappointing. The uh, Arizona Diamondbacks fall to the Philadelphia Phillies 5-4, while the Baltimore Orioles top the Blue Jays 4-2. Oh, Kevin's Oakland A's 4-3 losers to the Tampa Bay Rays. My Cubs sweep the Pirates' three-game winning streak there. They top the Buccos 7-2. Uh, locally, otherwise, pretty quiet on the baseball diamond. The Indianapolis Indians uh, 10-8 losers to the Iowa Cubs. Uh, Indianapolis Indians going to take on the Iowa Cubs again tonight. In Iowa, first pitch is at 8.08. You've been to Iowa? Uh, Davenport, Iowa was as far as we went. Ashley and I did um, they had the Titanic exhibit there a, a few years back before we had kids. So we went to that, and then we saw the uh, Broadway show Avenue Q was in no, town. No, wait a minute. 
the Titanic exhibit, is that a permanent thing? No, no, no. Oh, this, is, like a- this is one of those traveling exhibits. But that was the closest it got to, like, Illinois, Indiana. So we went to Davenport, Iowa. ice, do they? Huh? No. No. No, no, thank God. <laughs> but, you know. And there's no door <laughs> you can compare size. That's as like, far I north as it'll go. There's no door laying out there so you can see, like, if Rose could have really put Jack on there or anything like that. So it was cool, though. It's cool to see. Not uh, bad. Did you get any of the coal? The what? The coal. Like, they no. used to have, with those exhibits, you could buy, like, a little piece of coal that was supposedly, you know, this is actual coal that was brought up from the Titanic. Oh, no. No, it didn't do that or anything like that. Cool well, exhibit, and the play was good, so can't complain. Swoosh. Uh, yesterday's Kansas, yesterday, I should say, Grady Dick was the solo workout for the Pacers in preparation for the upcoming NBA draft. The swing forward outside shooter, I do think that defense is my one area of concern with him, but he is uh, a heck of a talent. I believe we have Grady Dick yesterday talking about, just for example, he wants to show off his versatility and his shooting ability because I think we know that Grady Dick is a great spot-up shooter, but I think he'd like to let people know, you know what, I can do a little bit more than that. Here is the Kansas freshman yesterday. Um, I've always wanted you know, to show my versatility, and you know, when I come into uh, a play style like the NBA, you know, it's really – um, excites me, you know, when, when the floor is more opened up than it is, you know, in college. And, you know, if you, you beat one man in college, you have to afford to do, you know, crushing on you. So um, it's, it, it sounds fun to, you know, be in a court where you, know, if you, if you do beat a movie, you have more room to you know, use, and that you know, allows me to kind of show more versatility in my game than just shooting. So there's Grady Dick there. Uh, the Pacers were supposed to have a workout with overtime elites Owser Thompson. He has since uh, not. He's canceled that, so we'll see what's going on there. We'll talk to Dustin Dupirek about that Mark, at 8.30. It's amazing how impressive that kid sounds. I mean, I mean, he just finished his freshman year of college. He yeah. sounds like he's 30 years old. When I, I, went to, I went to Kansas my freshman year of college. I went to Kansas. I came home, and I was trying to figure out how to salvage two credit hours and transfer my way a year and a half later into Bloomington. You know what I mean? Like, that's, that's impressive at that age. It's amazing – the maturity that players have now when they come out of college. But, again, he's played – he's been an elite-level player, AAU circuits and whatever else. And Grady Dick reportedly uh, had dinner with Kevin Pritchard Correct. last night. So take that for what it, what it's worth. We'll see what happens. Well, again, we'll ask Dustin DePerrick at 8.30 about all that. Uh, when we come back, do the Colts have a difficult decision to make? And what would you do in that situation? We will have that discussion on the other side. You're listening, by the way, good morning to you on a Friday, and happy Father's Day weekend to you fathers out there. To you uh, as well. You're a cat dad. <laughs> Hell, thanks. Boo seemed very excited by it. It's Kevin Aquari, 93.5, 107.5 The Fan. You are listening to Kevin and Quarry on 93.5 and 107.5 The Fan. I know that I, <clears throat> excuse me, belabor this point, Mark. And I can't remember the exact time frame of this in which I did it or, or which it was in discussion. And to be fair, I think I was talking about a trade as opposed to just, you know, maybe a, a non-resign. And we talked about it yesterday, I realize. But I think it was about this time a year ago when – and. and People probably were right, and I was probably wrong. But I remember saying or proposing, and Mark, you help me if you recall this. I I don't think it, it is hard. One of the hard things of our job is when you talk on the radio for multiple hours a day, 
it is hard sometimes to recall when and where you said certain things and who you said it to. So I have to absolutely drive my friends crazy because, and I'm sure I drive Shannon crazy because a lot of times I say like, I might have said this before, before I say something. Uh And I'm sure I probably am that guy that they're like, yeah, man, you've told me this story 50 times. I know I do it with you guys, but partially because it's when you talk three hours a day, every day, it does get difficult to remember whether it was something that you said on the radio or like with your buddies. Well, especially when you usually sprinkle in a nap after the show, too. You kind of Your days get kind of mixed up. You're like, when did I say this? <laughs> now, what, do you do that or are you accusing me of that? No, no, I have done that, too, where I wake up and I go, uh, what happened today? Did we do a show already? I, I, I have. So you have done that? Oh, I've yeah. done that before where you wake up and you're like, oh, wait a minute. Like, it's not. So it's it's one in the afternoon. Yeah. Not one of the more. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But I'm fairly certain it was on this program where we were talking, and I can't remember when. So, Mark, I'm going to lean on you a little bit here. But we were talking about Jonathan Taylor, and I was saying, is now the time to parlay Jonathan Taylor into draft picks moving forward and try to find a trade partner to move on from him? And it was probably obscene to say, that was I think a year ago, knowing that he was coming up on a contract year. And I remember at the time saying, look, the running back position is one that it's just devalued, which that there would kind of answer the question as to whether or not there is purpose in trading him. But I just felt like if you could get pieces for him, if you were a franchise that was in a rebuild mode, as I thought the Colts were entering into, then he is a guy that you can get back pieces and probably replace him with somebody that gives you 70 to 80% the level of production. He's a wonderful player. I mean, he's an amazing talent. He is seemingly a very nice player, nice guy. I mean, not mm-hmm. not nice player, very nice guy. He's everything you'd want, quite frankly, except for he plays a position that, especially if you look at Shane Steichen's offense, seemingly could be, you know, it is fungible. And... Credit to Derek Schultz for that word, by the way. He used to say it all the time about running backs. So, Mark, first off, do you remember me saying that? Because Yes. So that was probably around, <laughs> well, given the Colts season that we went through, I think we were approaching the trade deadline last year, and we were kind of like, okay, this Colts season's not going the right direction. So we started thinking about possible trades, like would they be interested in moving guys like Jonathan Taylor or Shaq Leonard or anything like that ahead of the trade deadline to try to recoup some capital for this upcoming draft in 2023. And, uh, you know, at the end of the day, they ended up, I think, just dealing Naheem Hines, as far as I can recall. So they were pretty quiet there. But I think that's when we kind of broached the subject, like, hey, what are we doing here? Because obviously this is not going to work with the quarterback. What are we doing with Jonathan Taylor? He's one of your few valuable pieces on the offense. He's definitely got the most trade value of anybody. But, you know, again, it's a position that has been devalued in the NFL, not just just with Shane Steichen's offense, but across the league. I mean, you're seeing the Vikings just outright released Dalvin Cook. You're seeing that uh, Najee Harris is getting nervous about his current contract situation in Pittsburgh. Ezekiel Elliott can't get a job after being with the Cowboys for forever. So it's all over the place. You see that Saquon Barkley is going through a contract dispute with the Giants. So I can see that Jonathan Taylor's kind of looking around. He's been a good soldier and said all the right things. 
with the Colts and everything. And but now I think he's kind of looking around like, oh boy, this is this is not a good landscape to be in. Well, when I said it, and I've said some dumb things before. No, like twice. I said once in 1978, but but I, you know, I probably said some some things that people were like, what? I don't know in the last since I've done this this job I don't know that I've said anything that gave me more blowback than that comment and I'm not here to sit here and say see I told you so but rather to say at the time I said it it probably was extreme so people were right to criticize me for it but it's aged well because I think now people are like yeah you can't overpay for Jonathan Taylor and if he's a guy that's going to want $15 million a year, which he's perfectly entitled to because he's a wonderful player, but he is unfortunately a really good, like, I feel like being a really great running back, an elite-level running back in the NFL in 2023 is kind of like being a fireman in an all-brick city. Could you name the leading rusher of last year's NFL season? If I gave you five guesses. Dalvin Cook? No. Um, Boy. I mean, I'm, it's not Derrick Henry, right? He was nope. hurt for most of the year, right? Yep. I hit me. Josh Jacobs. Yeah, I would not have guessed that. I mean, good for him. He's a, a great story as well. And kind of a similar type player, yep. right? Mm-hmm. But again, so Josh Jacobs – the last running back to lead the league in the NFL and win a Super Bowl was It goes back Terrell, forever. It was Terrell Davis, yeah. I, th- I think. I'm pretty sure. It's been a long time. You're seeing guys that, yeah, you, it's kind of getting to a position where they play out the first contract, and then it's kind of like, okay, we'll find somebody correct. else. Correct. That's exactly right. That's exactly correct. I mean, unless you're an elite guy like Christian McCaffrey or Derrick Henry, which Jonathan Taylor, I would put in that category, is an elite running back so that's why it's so intriguing about i what almost think of mccaffrey more now is like a slot I, I i mean i know he's not yeah he's so versatile that but but he you know he's an in-space guy and, and, and taylor is you know taylor is definitely an, an in-space guy and and maybe that that intrigues you more i guess you do it is in the colt's best interest to find out now okay new offensive guru but that's what frank reich was supposed to be uh, and Shane Steichen, let's see what he can do to, to utilize that weapon. The question is, do they now use Jonathan Taylor to get him in space and get big chunks, or do they use Jonathan Taylor as the decoy to open up passing games and get things going for Anthony Richardson? That That's the real question that the Colts have to ask themselves. But I just think it's interesting, and again, I'm, I, I want to make very clear what I'm saying here. This is not me standing atop the Salesforce Tower and saying, see, I was correct when I mentioned the possibility of trading Jonathan Taylor and seeing what you can get for him. I was probably wrong when I said that. I probably was going too extreme when I said that. But it is fascinating to me that that is now a totally plausible and rational question to be asked, and it's only one year later which shows the topsy-turvy nature of the NFL. And in addition to that, the way things can change when you have a change not only in your coaching staff, but also you are grooming a young quarterback as well. Greg Rakestraw next. 
Life is full of things to manage. Your work, your family, your plans, and your treatment. Consider Kesimpta, Ofatumumab 20 milligram injection. You can take it yourself from the comfort of home. If you're ready for something different, ask your healthcare provider about Kesimpta and check out the details at kesimpta.com. Brought to you by Novartis Pharmaceuticals Corporation. Welcome back to Dealing Together. First caller? I bought three sweaters to get the fourth free. Oh, you got fleeced. Next caller? I traded my old Samsung at AT&T for a new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus and chose my plan. That's not a bad deal. It is not. Our best smartphone deals. Your choice of plan. Learn how to get the new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus with Galaxy AI on us with eligible trade-in. AT&T. Connecting changes everything. Offers vary by device. Subject to change. S24 plus 256 gigabyte offer available for a limited time. Terms and restrictions apply. See att.com slash Samsung for details. Kevin and Query on 93.5 and 107.5. The Fan. Kevin taking an early Father's Day. Mark Dykton capably sitting in. Sam Fritz running the board. My name is Jake Query. Good morning to you on a Friday. Happy Father's Day weekend to you fathers out there. Greg Rakestra set to join us here in just a second. I wanted to mention this real quick, Mark. This stuff always cracks me up. Elite Top 100 Class of 2025 tight end Nate Roberts who I'm sure is a great player, right? Yep. Um, he is set to make his commitment as he has announced his finalists in his recruiting. He will choose between Oregon, Penn State, Georgia, Ohio State, Notre Dame, Michigan, Baylor, Oklahoma, Clemson, Auburn, Miami, and Wisconsin. Oh, well, that's a small list. I, I mean, I remember my junior year of high school telling people, they're like, where are you going to go to college? And I said, Alabama, Auburn, Arizona, Arizona State, Ball State, or Kansas. And that was like the very beginning, right? Before I'd like done any visits, whatever. Uh-huh. Like that was the very beginning. And then by my senior year, I was like, I'm going to either Alabama or Kansas. And I spent the whole year going back and forth between Alabama and Kansas. And what a wonderful decision I made there. Um, but my point being, like, and I get it. I didn't have the options these kids do. Right. But come on, man. I mean, you know, here's my 35 schools I'm interested in. Greg Reistro joins us now on the Payless Slickers Hotline. Greg, when you were a senior in college, obviously I know that you ended up deciding on the University of Indianapolis. The schools to which you applied were which? Uh, University of Evansville. And I thought that's where I was going. I got a half ride down there. I went to UND. Well, that got you somewhere around Washington and they, they dropped you off? Exactly. That's the way it works. Um, and then I applied to Rose Holman and said I got into Rose Holman. I did. Um, and But I knew I wasn't going to be an engineer, so just wanted to say, hey, I got into Rose. Um, I think I applied to Georgetown in Kentucky. I think I applied to Wesleyan in Connecticut. And I think that's it from an application standpoint. It's funny that there's every kid has that school that's the outlier, like Wesleyan in Connecticut. What was the tie there? I'm sure I saw something in like a in like a recruiting fair. I'm like, I thought this might be cool. Then I realized, hey, I want to get away from home. I don't want to get like seven states away from home. Two hours is perfectly good enough for me. You know, Adam Alexander and I were actually pretty legitimately interested in a school in Cleveland called Baldwin Wallace. Yep. Baldwin Wallace like had a broadcast division. They were, I don't know if they were just starting it or whatever, but our, we had a teacher that knew somebody there and we were going to go to Baldwin Wallace together. And that lasted for about three months. So that was my Wesleyan. <laughs> though. I didn't apply though. They would have 
that that chuckle is exactly what you would have heard had I played. Now, now, uh, what I'm chuckling about, more or less, is I always give Adam grief because, you know, he's one of the best dudes, like, walking the planet. But I always give him grief that he is from the far southern corner of Washington Township because he has the most southern accent, my assumption would be, of anyone that ever graduated from North Central High School. So did AA have that when he was in high school, or did he pick that up from years of working in Evansville on the NASCAR? A little of both, but when we got out of school, so Evans, or Evans, I was thinking of Evansville. Adam's mother, his late mother, who was just an absolute saint, uh, she was a native of Hanover. So his right. and, and he spent a ton of time in Hanover as a kid, and then Adam Alexander. For those that don't know, Adam Alexander, who does, of course, um, NASCAR work on television, notably on on the Fox networks. Um, Adam went when we graduated from high school. He went to Vincennes for two years, and then immediately started working in Evansville, and lived with his uncle Mike, who was the head basketball coach at at Washington Catholic, and then writes Mike Adams. Yep. So I, probably a little of, of both of those things, but he definitely had a draw. Let's put it that way. He definitely <laughs> he, he he had the the foundation was laid, Greg. Um, and see, and for and for me, see the accent. It wasn't. It was, I, my voice always be kind of a chameleon growing up. Like if I was hanging out with more Northerners, I would I would you know it, it would go away. But I would have like this. My, my vowels would be a little more elongated, like five and nine and Colts and stuff like that. So trust me, I used to have one as well. Uh, speaking of the Colts, if that's what you just said in your draw there, although it said <laughs> Coates, um, we were just talking about Jonathan Taylor. Are, are they going to be – is this a slam dunk decision that you've got to resign him, or do you think there's going to be a hard line cap on what they're willing to spend versus flipping him and trying to move move elsewhere? You know, as far as JT is concerned, because obviously you know, that, that is the topic du jour, not just for Colts fans, but for – you know, around the National Football League because it, we're not the only team that's kind of facing that dilemma or discussion. I think Jonathan has more of a chance of, I wouldn't even say, I don't know if a long-term deal exists for a second contract for running backs anymore um, because long-term for your second deal is almost like two or three years. I think there is more of a chance of him getting money than other backs because of the fact the Colts do have a rookie quarterback on a rookie deal. And just because of the way Chris Ballard clearly values him and has clearly valued his own players and has not minded giving guys at not marquee positions big-time money. Now, could that philosophy be changed? And you say, hey, we've done that, and it's not worked out the way that we thought it would. Yeah, maybe so, maybe so that overall value of the contract comes down for J.T., but I do think I do think they will they will work on some sort of an extension. The question is, how much will he and his agent kind of look around the market and say, "All right, you know, maybe franchise tag is is what other markets are getting." If we get offered two or three years at eight to fourteen million dollars per year, which is probably above market value, um, you know, do we take that? And so, I think a lot is going to be on Jonathan Taylor and his agent as to what sort of deal they're looking for, and what they're willing to take. I do think the Colts will offer something. Greg Rakestraw joining us on the Payless Liquors Hotline. Greg, do you think well, maybe a shorter-term deal but with more guaranteed money is something they'd be interested in, or do you think they're looking for more years than than Doe? Uh, it's a great question, and, and I'm not sure I know the answer to that. But, again, I think the Colts, again, some, some teams are just going to say, listen, we're, we're, you know, maybe we'll franchise tag you for a year, and that's it. 
Uh, you know, we're going we're to draft a, a top-level running back. We're going to have that player play for five years, and then we will move on to the next. It, it's cruel. That's kind of the way of the world right now in the National Football League. And so, you know, I, 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 I know Jonathan. I don't feel like I know him well enough to think of where he's thinking. Are you thinking more money? Are you thinking more years? I, again, I, I don't think you'll get anything more than a two- or three-year deal for a second, second contract running back anywhere in the National Football League these days. Do you think things get a little more dicey if this drags out into training camp or beyond, or do you think he'll kind of – I mean, he, he was a little more vocal about it the other day at rookie mini or at uh, veteran mini camp, but do you think things get a little more heated if this drags out a little more, or do you think he's going to be kind of like, okay, once the season starts, we'll talk about it after then? It's a good question. Um Again, I, I don't claim to know him well enough to, to where this would be an issue. Um, you know, from a, from a personality standpoint, great guy. Has obviously done everything the team has asked for him to do, but he also has to think about his long-term future as well. I also know the Colts have been great about getting guys extensions before that last year. I can think of, of Shaq Leonard. I can think of Braden Smith. I can think of Quentin Nelson. So, it's, you know, it's typically it is the M.O. of the Colts to take care of that right at the beginning of training camp. So, and, and again, because you know you've got your quarterback position basically on the cheap for the next five years because of your first-round pick, again, you've got a little more money to work with. So, again, I, I would probably lean that this hit, this is something that is taken care of at some point in the next 40 days. Greg, when would you think – that we will and I the answer to this may be never in terms of finality. I, I feel like when the the Isaiah Rogers story came out, everybody was kind of waiting to see if there was going to be another domino to fall. And I don't mean to incriminate the Colts in that. I, I just mean sure. league wide. I, I mean you know what I mean? Like this can't this I, I think we're gonna find out the odds are high, pardon the terrible pun, mm-hmm. that that this is not an isolated incident, but when do you think in the case specifically of Rogers that will have finality? It's a good question. Um, and I would, I would imagine that again, this is something that takes place before training camp. So the, so again, so the Colts have an idea. I think the Colts are largely banking on their going to see Isaiah Rogers this year. Uh, I, I think that's you're placing bets on your own team. That that's a do not pass go. It, it's it's going to be a while before you're playing again in that. I don't I don't know that he comes back from it, right? Right, correct. So uh, again, I, you're right. I think the Colts like an answer sooner rather than later. We get to this now pause in the NFL schedule. Well, all all parties kind of scatter for the next you know five six weeks before training camps kind of reconvene. My guess would be is that sometime in that interim, a decision is made. But, again, because we all kind of sit here and say, hey, this is like the punishment, right? And the Colts also know he's coming up to the end of his contract. I think the Colts just kind of are, are, are going, from a, from a player standpoint, are going to move on and say, listen, we don't think Isaiah Rogers is going to be back with this football team, and they have to replace him. What I, what I have heard from players, I think this is important, is that they're going to make sure that they're still in touch with the person and want to try to – help the person as best they can, but the player is likely done with the Indianapolis Colts. Does that make it more curious that they haven't addressed that position yet 
uh, given that the, if, if they don't think that he's going to be there when camp rolls around, they've kind of got that, you know, dirt, lack of depth at the cornerback position. There's a, there's a reason why guys are available in June, Mark. Yeah. I mean, it, 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 it's, it's not like there is some, you know, easy answer out there to finish. I mean, there's, there's veteran players, there's free agents off the street. Um, all of them have, have similar abilities. Some of them have different price tags at this point. But if, if you're still available in mid-June, if, if one of 32 teams has not gobbled you up, there clearly is probably some sort of issue with your game. Either you're just not good enough coming out of college or you're a little long in the tooth, um, you know, in, in terms of having played in the National Football League. So, um, again, I'm, I'm, the Colts will have to address it because they simply don't have great depth at that position. And we would have said that with Isaiah Rogers playing, let alone with him not playing. And you get, you know, another player that, that gets hurt uh, in training camp or in mini camp, and you've got a player that's the fifth-round pick that's now going to be out for the season. And so that even further exacerbates that issue for the Colts. So, um, again, I, I think they'll do something in the term of sooner rather than later. Greg, when I was a kid, one of my favorite things of summer – Greg Gregstraw is our guest on the Payless Liggers Hotline. One of my favorite things of the summer when I was a kid was the, the subdivision I grew up in, Steinmeier Estates, would have their annual garage sale day, right? So, like, I would get mm-hmm. my – I don't know, $10 my grandparents gave me or whatever, and I would just go from garage to garage looking for baseball cards and whatever else. Each each garage you would go into, you know, somebody would say like, oh, man, these people have like a ton of, you know, this house has a ton of dishes. This house has a ton of books. The, the house across the street's got a ton of stuff, to, you know, whatever. If the NFL was garage sale day and you had to go into each respective complex and look to see what they were selling, what position room is it for the Colts they have a surplus where somebody would say, that house right there has a ton of blank and we're looking to buy? Which area do the Colts have the greatest depth and wealth? I don't say this from a level of NFL experience. I say this from a number of bodies. The tight end position. Yeah. They, they, they've got like five or six guys that are either NFL vets or guys that were relatively high draft picks. And even for a team that is typically valued at the tight end spot, you're nowhere near carrying more than four. Um, and so it's, it's, it's not like, hey, there's, you know, and, and we've seen this years going by, hey, there are guys that are not going to make this Colts roster. They're going to make somebody else's roster. I'm sure I'll probably say that at some point in time in August. I'll probably say in a preseason television broadcast. But if you're looking for the, for, for the land of extra parts, that's the first position that immediately comes to mind. And, and, you know, a couple of them are equally intriguing in terms of, I hate to use the word project, but there are right. a couple of guys in that tight end room that you almost, you almost want to stash them because you're pretty convinced they're going to be pretty valuable, but you just don't know for certain, right? Correct. You know, and, and, and the guy that, again, it was such a limited sample size, but of those that actually flashed on this offense last year was Jelani Woods. And he was a guy that we, we kind of thought was a project when he was drafted because, again, uh, his amazing size, it's hard to fathom that he was a quarterback first and then turns into a tight end. But he was a guy that was a difference maker in the red zone because of his size, you know, to use the – even though he's, I think he's the rare guy that wasn't a basketball player, at least from a college standpoint uh, in this group. Um, you know, he was the guy who said he just posts him up. His size alone gets him open in those scenarios. So 
he's the guy that even though he didn't have a huge amount of catches last year, you know, he's the guy that you think will pop. Again, loved Drew Ogletree last year in, in camp, early in camp before he tore his knee. So what is going to be next for him? What exactly is Kylan Granson now that you're entering year number three? Is he kind of entering some dangerous territory in terms of maybe not making this roster uh, at, at the end of training camp? I don't know if it's that drastic, but it's certainly a possibility. So uh, in terms of position battles, as we start to preview camp five weeks from now, that might be one to watch because, again, there's, there's guys either draft, high draft picks or NFL vets, and not all are going to make the team. So outside of the Jonathan Taylor contract situation and the Isaiah Rogers wait-and-see approach, what is the biggest question marks heading into camp in your eyes? Oh, I, I think it's pretty easy. Who's the quarterback going to be? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, if, if it's it, 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 all ties in baseball go to the runner, all ties are going to go to the first-round pick. You know, it, it is Anthony Richardson's job to lose. Now, if, if for whatever reason – he looks like a deer in headlights, and it just looks like the game isn't coming to him in terms of preseason workouts. And again, you've got those two weeks now where you're going to have competition against the Bears before you play them, competition against the Eagles before you play them, where uh, he's going to get a, a pretty good run through. And, and, and I'm not sure that decision gets made, whether it's Richardson or Minshew all the way to the last week of August, because you're going to have 16 days, 17 days actually, from your last preseason game to your first regular season game. And people have, people are one to ask now, hey, who's a starting quarterback? The answer is, is I honestly don't know. But the, the answer is, I don't think the Colts know. I think they know who they want it to be. It's Richardson. We'll see what he does in camp. We'll see what he does in those preseason games. And then I think you can make your determination. So, for all the other ancillary stories that are kind of building up, it is always going to be, who's your quarterback? Uh, and that is the main discussion, debate, thing we're watching when camp opens up on July 25th or 26th. You know one thing we can't ever gauge, Greg? It's really hard to tell. Different players react different ways to just the scrutiny, the spotlight, and the pressure of – knowing everything it it does seem and look a couple of OTAs and press conferences doesn't necessarily give us any glimpse of what it's going to be like in November but it does feel like Anthony Richardson is well aware of the expectation placed upon him yep but has so far been able to kind of compartmentalize it and, and deal with it and I think if you look at players that we've seen that did not handle it well Johnny Manziel comes to mind. You could maybe say over the course of time, Baker Mayfield. It does feel like there were kind of glimpses of that early on. And it doesn't, at least so far, seems so good in terms of Anthony Richardson's approach and maturity. Your thoughts? All the little things are pointing in the right direction. Doesn't mean he, he's going he's gonna to do it when the, when the bright lights are on. There is always the transition from major college football or whatever level of college football a quarterback plays to the National Football League. That transition is not as steep as it used to be for many reasons. The NFL offense looks a lot more like the college offense than it used to. These kids throw so much more growing up and developing than they used to. The amount of reps that these guys get from like the age of 12 on are, are, are so different. The big difference is obviously at the level of player they are playing against. You know, there's usually a 
a weak spot or a weak player you can kind of attack in college football. Um, that ain't happening in the National Football League. Everybody's an All-American uh, from their college days that plays in the National Football League. So it's just the sheer level that is, that is the biggest jump now. And we just don't know because he played 13 games last year because, because he is such a raw product. All the materials look good. All of the interactions sound good. Seemingly does the right things. We've heard the, 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 you know, the, the, the cleanup story after the rookie event. You hear what, what, the, what the vets say about him. You know, how he handled himself in the press conference earlier this week. Again, all the little things are good, and those are wonderful signs because you need those things too. But at the end of the day, it comes down to can you play? And we will not have an answer on that probably into well into this season, if not beyond. Greg, baseball, state finals. We've talked a little bit about this. We now know in some of these games you can hear right here, um, among the matchups, and I'll read them off, and then at the end of it you tell me which one you think has the best storylines. Ileana Christian and Covenant Christian. That is in 2A, the 3A final, Andrean and Silver Creek. Then tomorrow, 1A, Lafayette Central Catholic and Bar-Reeve, the 4A Penn and Center Grove. Obviously, Center Grove of major local interest, not saying that Lafayette Central Catholic would not have it as well. Um, but the matchups that jump out to you. What's interesting is that we, you've got you know kind of powerhouse programs in five or six of the matchups. Um, you know, and, and Bar-Reeve is a, is a school that has not had the success in baseball, but they have replicated in other sports. Um, but it kind of felt like a matter of time before a school that, that wins in so many other things, uh, boys basketball, girls volleyball primarily, um, made a run of the state's you know, final. They're, they're an extra inning away from ha- probably having both of their softball and baseball teams make the state final because they had a Division One level pitcher uh, that played for them in softball. Young Lance going to play at Murray State. They got beat by the eventual state champions 3-2 in Tecumseh in the regional round. Bar-Reeve is, is really good. But when Central Catholic is in 1A, they usually win it. You see the same thing about Andrean. When they're in 3A, they usually win it. They've been bouncing back and forth between 3A and 4A due to the success factor. If Andrean wins tonight, it's their ninth 3A championship, and it's all come since 2005. Um, but Silver Creek is probably the best other program in 3A. It's only their second state final uh, but but they've reached the semi-state round like four times in the last six years. They've won six consecutive sectionals. That's the longest streak going currently uh, in Indiana high school baseball. Indiana Christian, in their first year of eligibility, won the state tournament in 2A last year. They bring back their starting pitcher. They bring back some key pieces from that team. It kind of appears that they're going to be a, a new dominant program on a year-in, year-out basis in terms of 2A. And Center Grove and Penn are schools you expect to make tournament runs. Penn has made more of them, uh, but, but Center Grove and Penn, I mean, it sounds like the football state championship game. Well, they're really good in most sports, and, and that's the case in baseball as well. So there's really only kind of one obvious underdog story coming into this weekend, and it's Kevin at Christian. And Kevin at Christian has had some really good players the last couple of years. They've got three kids that are – Heading on to play at the Division Three level. Yeah, they're sixteen uh, and fifteen, right? Correct, and they were seven and fourteen at one point. Now, they are the smallest school in their league. They are a part of the Circle City Conference. That is Burbuff, 
last year's 3A runner-up. Chittard, who made this year's 3A semi-state. Ron Colley, who's a good 4A program every year. Heritage Christian, whom they played in the 2A semi-state and beat them, and then Garing Catholic. So their record, I mean, again, because of playing Indianapolis school, like they played Cathedral in the city championship game, lost that game by four. So they played a really rugged schedule. So that that's part of the story. So they were not uh, they were not uh, you know lacking confidence, knowing they were seven and fourteen at one point and have gone nine and one since then. Greg Rakestraw again, Payless Sigurds Hotline, and again, Greg, one more time. I'm assuming you're going to be on the call for one of these. Is that right? I am doing tonight's doubleheader. So I have Ileana Christian, Kevin and Christian, and then Andrean and Silver Creek on Valley Sports Indiana and the IHSA Champions Network. Chris Walker joins me at 5.30 this evening. Greg, appreciate it. Enjoy it, all right? See you guys. All right, Greg Greg's on the Payless Liquors Hotline. Time, by the way, for a morning check down. The morning check down. On 93.5 and 107.5, The Fan. We will stick uh, with the Diamond. Yesterday, Cubs over the Pirates, 7-2. That's a three-game sweep for Mark Dykton's Cubbies. Phillies over the Diamondbacks, 5-4. That, of course, took a little bit of the joy out of the Cubs win because that means the Diamondbacks fall another game behind the cute bell of the Baltimore Orioles in our race for PBR as the Orioles beat the Blue Jays, 4-2. Rays over it's upsetting. <laughs> Kevin's Athletics, 4-3. The thrill is over in Oakland. Not only are they leaving Oakland, they are back on the losing side of things. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Detroit over the Twins. <laughs> Braves over the Rockies, 5-3. And it was the Angels over the Rangers. Or, excuse me, 8-3. Braves over the Rockies. 5-3. Angels over the Rangers. Elsewhere, it was Cleveland over San Diego yesterday. Dodgers over the White Sox in interleague play. Washington over Houston. And the Iowa Cubs, 10-8 winners over the Indianapolis Indians. Oh, yeah. Sorry. And then Cubs were the winners. <laughs> I know, my, my, my mistake. The uh, on the on the basketball court, uh, Leah Boston nineteen points as the Indiana Fever topped the Chicago Sky ninety two to ninety. Fever moved to four and six on the season there. And then uh, U.S. Open first round got underway. People are kind of complaining that the course is a little too easy. Lots of lots of under under pars. We had uh, Xander Shoffley and Ricky Fowler tied to top the leaderboard at eight under. Wyndham Clark at minus six. Jake, you took uh, Cameron Smith. Cameron Smith, he and my pick, John Rahm, are tied at one under. And then Kevin's pick, which was Jordan Spieth, you got to scroll a bit. He uh, He's uh, <laughs> over par. So he's he's one over, I believe. So uh, action picks up again later today. Uh, when we come back, I am wearing a pair of Kansas Rock Chalk Jayhawk shorts. Not for this reason, actually. They just happen to be the first thing on the floor when I got up this morning. Uh, but a guy that wore them for the last year was working out with the Pacers yesterday and – had dinner with the Pacers brass. We'll talk to Dustin Dopierak about exactly that and more next. Life is full of things to manage. Your work, your family, your plans, and your treatment. Consider Kesimpta, Ofatumumab 20 milligram injection. You can take it yourself from the comfort of home. If you're ready for something different, ask your healthcare provider about Kesimpta and check out the details at kesimpta.com. Brought to you by Novartis Pharmaceuticals Corporation. Welcome back to Dealing Together. First caller? I bought three sweaters to get the fourth free. Oh, you got fleeced. Next caller? I traded my old Samsung at AT AT&T for a new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus and chose my plan. That's not a bad deal. It is not. Our best smartphone deals. Your choice of plan. Learn how to get the new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus with Galaxy AI on us with eligible trade-in. AT&T. Connecting changes everything. Offers vary by device. Subject to change. S24 plus 256 gigabyte offer available for a limited time. Terms and restrictions apply. See att.com slash Samsung for details. (laughs) 
listening to Kevin and Query on 93.5 and 107.5. The Fan. So, Mark, I, I, I owe an apology for the 1,000th time to our next guest. And I promise I, I'm not trying to be funny. It's not a bit. My last name is Query, which at a uh-huh. very young age I realize is up for multiple pronunciations, and I have to occasionally remind people it's query like a question, K-W-A-I-R-Y, phonetically speaking. So I do have a respect level for, an appreciation for, and a compassion for people when I mispronounce their last name. And I don't know why it is, but our next guest, I have never been able to, I, I literally constantly trip myself up on it. And there has to be a way for me to remember, I, I don't... Let me ask you this. Would you say that, that because we work in the media together, mm-hmm. that he is my peer? Yes. So would it be, and it's Dustin Dopirak? Yes. So why do I say Dopirak? I don't know. So Dustin. And my last name is Dykton. So trust me, I've heard my my share of mispronunciations. So Dustin Dopirak, I apologize. I, I Honestly, you deserve better than my constant hurdle with this. <laughs> And it's been Jake, this I, way for like ten years. Jake, I'm slow luck, man. I know I, this has been going. This is my whole life, man. You're fine. You, you, like I. It's been butchered so much worse. So no, on, on the list of people that have messed my name up, you do not rank very high. You're good, man. Well, You're fine. How, how about this? Now wait a minute. On the list of people that have butchered your name, I don't rank very high. I like to think I rank high in anything. He wants to I be do, high on any list. It doesn't matter what it is. What the hell? Uh, how about this? Don't when play, you. Don't play, Jake. So when you say to people, when people are like, how do you pronounce your last name? And you can borrow this from me if, as if you've never used this before. You can say, oh, we'll consider us peers. And then no one go, will yeah. ever forget it, right? Exactly. That's that's what I've done, yeah. I, I've, I've used something like that before, like doe, peer, act. Like doe is in the female deer, peer, yeah. So there you go. There you go. <laughs> Try to get this right. But you're good, Jake. You're good, man. Don't well, thank that. you. Um, been a busy time for the Pacers last night. I was going to begin with this, Dustin. The, the word is that last night, Grady Dick, the, the forward for the University of Kansas, nice player. Mm-hmm. I think seven might be a little aggressive on where he goes, but maybe the Pacers really like him. But he apparently did have dinner last night with the Pacers brass. I don't know that that's confirmed, but it's been reported. Um, mm-hmm. Is that unusual that the player would go out to dinner with after the workout? I don't think so. I, thought, I think it was might have been the night before, but uh, Grady said they went out. Okay. Um, because you mentioned Kevin, because uh, Tony East asked him about Kevin Pritchard because Kevin Pritchard was also a Kansas guy, and so they said yeah, they went out and talked about Lawrence and everything like that. So, I, I mean, I can't imagine that it's crazy out of the uh, ordinary. Um, obviously, you know, scheduling and whatnot makes these things difficult because these guys bouncing from city to city. You know, sometimes they get in before. I mean, obviously, they're not going out. Uh, if I wouldn't think when they're bringing in these six-player workouts that anybody's going out with Kevin Pritchard. Um, you know, when it's a bunch of guys that are that are you know really second round rated or, or low first round type guys, and, they, and they've had a lot of talented guys come in. Um, I doubt those guys are. I, I don't know the pitchers. You know, pitching or uh, is uh, um, you know pushing dinner for seven there, but uh, I, I wouldn't be surprised if you know Jarris Walker or Taylor Hendricks or one of those guys had dinner before. I, I, I haven't heard, we hadn't heard about it before, um, and I don't think that changes that much. I, mean, I, I to your point. Um, I do think seven is a bit of a reach, and I think it, especially because I think they're really enamored with a bunch of guys that could, with, with several guys that could be available and almost certainly will be available. 
uh, at seven. I mean, I think um, you're guaranteed um, out of the, the the four that I think they still really like, and even and we'll get out obviously into Oscar Thompson, I'm sure, would, but would be. You know, Oscar Thompson, Cam Whitmore, Jairus Walker, and Taylor Hendricks. And you're virtually guaranteed two of those guys are going to be on the board. Um, and, you know, those guys are better fits, higher ceilings, the whole bit. I mean, I think Grady Dick is a guy they wanted to see. I think especially because he's one of the best – he might be the best shooter in the class. If it's not him, it's Jordan Hawkins at UConn. Um, and, you know, it, I think he's a nice player. He's, he's a big wing. I mean, he, he fits them well. He would be a good fit for them, which the other guys are a better fit. Um, and so I think he's, he's a guy they wanted to get a, get a look at and also a guy that they might look at and say, hey, maybe it's somebody you trade up from 26 for because I think they're going to have a harder time um, I, I know Kevin Pritchard wants to be aggressive, you know, wants to make some moves, uh, but I, I think there's a good chance the price of moving up to two or three to try to get Brandon Miller is probably going to be too high. Um, and, you know, they, they need to move some of those picks like at the end of the first round, beginning of the second, and it might be more realistic to try to move up from 26 to get somewhere in the 10 to 20 range uh, than it is to, to do something else. And so, you know, Dick might be a player that they might look at uh, in that realm. So, Dustin, you're on hand for Grady Dick's workout. What did you see that you liked? What did you see that you didn't like yesterday? Yeah, they don't let us in the building until it's over. <laughs> or, oh, so you saw some free throws then. Until... Yeah, yes, that's exactly what I saw. That's what I put on Twitter <laughs> because that is that is exactly what I saw. No, but, I mean, um, it, you know, we, we got to talk to him, obviously, get a sense of, of what he thinks about his game and, and how he thinks it went. And obviously, he was pretty pleased with it. But, you know, I, mean, I saw him a little bit at the Combine. He shot at the Combine. He, he's clearly – you know, one of the, you know, it's it, it's him and Hawkins as far as shooting the basketball. He's really good. Um, and just, just shooting on the move, shooting off the dribble, you know, knocking down free throws. But the guy hits every shot that you want. Um, but there are other, other parts of his game that you really got to like. I mean, he's, he, he's a really good athlete. Um, and I think you saw just him being really good in transition, really good transition finisher. Um, you know, can get up above the rim, has real athleticism, uh, has some switchability on defense. The guy that's, I think he's, I, I think he's, Six, six and a half, somewhere in that range. You know, it, it, you know, in bare feet in the combine measurements, I think they had it measured at, or uh, listed at six eight. But I mean, he's he's legit six six and a half, and and um, uh, you know, two hundred pounds. You know, just wiry athlete. Uh, again, he's not a good, as good a defensive player as as um, uh, as Taylor Hendricks or uh, or Jarris Walker. He's not on that scale. Uh, but he's a guy that you can trust, trust to defend. Um, you know, defend multiple positions and, and take on some smaller guards. Uh, do all right in switches. I mean, you're not going to switch him onto a five man and expect to win that battle uh, where you might with Walker. But I mean, if uh, you know, you, you can you can put him on a lot of different positions, and that's really helpful. Um, so he is a guy that fits. I think especially if they're they're looking in the future and saying that I, they're going to either try to move Buddy Hield or let him walk eventually. Uh, they are going to need a, a really good floor spacer. Uh, you know, because obviously they've got some guys who can hit some threes but you need somebody uh, on the wing. Where well, Halliburton, obviously, you know, he, he, it's important for him to get his make space for himself to have these threes, but you need another guy that's, that's, that's creating space for him, creating gravity, and Buddy Hill has been really, really good about that, and they're going to need somebody else uh, in the future if they're not going to we'll be willing to extend him. Um, so that's something to keep in mind. I guess that's, that's something to, a, a reason to look at him again. I don't think they do it at seven, but if they can find a way to move up, uh, from 26, you know, and, and I don't know if anybody will do it. I mean, Utah might take Grady Dick at nine, um, but if, if if he slips a little and they find a way to move up, I think he'd be a helpful player for him. Dustin Apirik of the Indianapolis Star Pacers beat writer joins us now on the Payless Liquors hotline. Dustin, Oscar Thompson canceled his workout with the Pacers. How many more workouts do the Pacers have lined up ahead of the draft? Do we know? 
Uh, in terms of planning purposes, we were told to prepare for Monday and Tuesday next week. Um, so I don't know who that would be. Uh, it seems like it's going to be individuals, and so we'll see. Uh, and they keep that pretty close to the vest. Um, so I don't know. I mean, th- there's still a lot of reasons they have to keep working out players, um, you know, elsewhere in the draft. And they've already brought in more players than I think they've ever had. Uh, I think Scotty Agnes ke- had kept a um, running list, and it's about 61, and that seems about right to me. And this also would have been the 16th workout. Um, and, you know, I think for obvious reasons, I mean, they – um, they have to prepare to make all the picks they have, um, even, even if they really don't want to, even if they really want to move those, they have to be prepared to make all of them and any of them. Uh, and they all, I think they also have to be prepared to make another a bunch of other picks. Like I said, I mean, they could move up um, you know, from 26 and get someone in that 10-20 range. They, they could move. They, they could always move back and then have somewhere in between 32 and 55 where they have. Uh, so they've really got to be prepared for uh, a, a lot of situations. So they, they wanted to see a lot of people, and I think that made sense. Um, because a lot of things could happen to them on draft night. And, you know, it's hard to say, again, what they'll be able to move and uh, where they're going to end up picking. So they've got to be prepared for all kinds of scenarios. You ever seen that movie Juno? Kind of a random flick, Dustin. Mark, you ever seen it? Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. The J-U-N-O, so the one about the um, – yeah, the girl that um, girl gets pregnant. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. I think yeah. her boyfriend was that Michael Sarah. Yeah, is that his yes. name? Michael Sarah, nervous fellow. What's that? He's a very nervous yeah. fellow. That's what Grady Dick looks like. <laughs> right? Am I right here, Dustin? He's got smoother hair and he's taller, but yes, the length is similar and the face is not that far off. And yeah. he has kind of the similar look on his face at times of like, not not totally sure what's going on. But a that's touch, yeah. typically on the a defensive touch. end, probably. Um, yeah, we, we, were, we were joking in the uh, – because we, we get these sheets, you know, when we get there uh, at workouts. We sit there and wait till they're finished. They, they get us like – you know, there's like always one picture uh, and a stat line. And his his picture looks like he just got let into the fraternity. And they, they have that, like, picture, you know, at the frat where everybody's wearing the same tie because only, like, one or two guys in the entire frat know how to tie it. That's how very big was the picture. So, adding to that, yes. Um. In the end, Dustin, now I'm gonna, hold on, I'm going to try this. I'm going to take a deep breath. You ready? Dustin Dopier, well, hold on. Dustin Dopierak is on the Payless Circus Hotline. Did I get it? Did I get it? There it is. How about that? Nailed okay. it. Um, Nailed it. Dustin, in the end, if you had to guess, the over-under of number of players the Pacers select for themselves on draft night is what? Uh, I think three is really the cap. It's three because I think – I don't think they can move 55. Um, because ultimately you're so close to the end of the draft, it's like, okay, what, what do I need, need that pick for? Um, uh, and I don't know if they'll able to be able to move all three in the middle, and they might have some desire for one of them. Um, and so I think three rookies, they can ultimately, especially if they pick them at that, in, in that area, um, I think they can absorb that, because 55, you can just kind of presume, okay, that's a G League guy. Um, I don't think they really want to bring in you know, more than two guys as constants on the roster. You know, obviously you can get – you have – I think they're going to have a new, another two-way this year. Uh, I think they're, they're, it's going to go from two to three is the number of two ways you can have. Um, so I think that's absorbable. Um, is sort of two real rookies and one guy that's, that's rarely going to come up. Um, you know, I, I, I think that sort of fits. I think there, there are things that they can use. Um, at either between 26, 29, 32, you know, they, they could use another defensive guy uh, that, that sort of ups the level, uh, you know, a versatile guy. I think Andre Jackson's a guy that I think of. Uh, they'd be interested in there. Oliver 
Olivier Maxson's prosper, I think, is an interesting player. He's got a lot of length, really good defender. Um, so I, I think there's several guys they could use in that spot. They'd be willing to move all three of them uh, if it gets them something, if it gets them a legitimate asset. Um, but if, if they can't, I, I think they wouldn't mind making one of those picks in the middle. And, I, and they've got to make the lottery pick. Obviously, they'd be thrilled to move up from seven, but I, I don't think they have any interest in moving back from seven. The only way that I think they would give up that pick is if they got somebody established. Uh, you know, I think you know OG Ananobi comes to mind as someone that I imagine they've at least kicked, you know checked out. By all accounts, it seems like they they made a push for him. At the deadline, um, so if, if you know, I wouldn't be surprised if they took a shot at him again because I think if you get that guy, you're, you're getting somebody that's ultimately more of a sure thing than than the guys that you could pick at seven. Okay, how about this? I'm going to give you an over under number of 45. Okay. Okay. The combined draft positions of Jalen Hood, Shafino, and Trace Jackson Davis over under 45. Um. Over, but that's not a. I mean, that's not necessarily a bad thing. I mean, I, I just and, and just barely. I mean, I could see Jackson Davis right around thirty, thirty-one, thirty-two, and Hood Shafino in that fourteen, fifteen range. I mean, I think at this point, it's pretty clear that you know, worst case scenario, Jackson Davis is going in the top forty. Um, you know, I, I think that there's a lot of you know, just. There are so many guys that are really close together, uh, really in the 20 to 40 range. Like there's just not a whole, especially really 25 to 40. Like there's not a whole lot of separation. There's a lot of interesting players that, that really could move all over the place. You're seeing mock drafts where everybody's like everywhere. Um, but I think Huchifino, I think, is really doing a good job. And I think the more people look at him, uh, you see just how much there is to like. It's a point guard that can really just steady the game. Um, and so I think he can be. I've seen him as high as nine. I don't know that he goes that high, um, but I think you know you, you really started got to start looking like eleven. Um, you, uh, starting about eleven or twelve, it's actually twelve because I think that was thirteen. Uh, I, 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 actually eleven. Orlando at eleven, I think, is, is the, the time you got to start looking that it's possible um, because Dallas obviously doesn't need another ball handler at, at all. Uh, at ten, and, and then at, at, I think at twelve, you've got Shea Gilgis Alexander, you know, and, and Josh Giddy uh, with a Thunder. So really, I think thirteen on with Toronto, I think would be a really good fit. Miami could be a good fit. Uh, Atlanta might not be a bad fit. I mean, there's he's he's definitely going to go top twenty. Um, it's just a question, you know, whether it's closer to ten or closer to twenty. Last from one for me, Dustin. Feet to your fire. It's feet to the fire. Who do the Pacers select with their first selection in next week's draft? I'm going to say Jairus Walker, but it's really it's it's really tough. I think uh, because obviously it really depends on just you know which who, who of those four is on the board. Because like I said, I think it's Whitmore, Osar Thompson, who's again looking more unlikely, you know, because there's a possibility he might have got a uh, you know uh, promise from the Magic, um, uh, you know, Jairus Walker or Taylor Hendricks, and and Hendricks and, and Walker are such a coin flip uh, because I mean, and and they're different players. Um, but man, they're so just close together. It's like okay, like you're you're you know you get one thing with one guy and one thing with the other. They're both really good defenders who can defend multiple positions. Both can handle guards, really huge wingspans, leaping ability. Um, both of them have a bunch of that. I think you know Walker's obviously got a little bit of a wider body, but he is trimming up, so he's a little bit more um, just a little bit more agile. Uh, but you know on. So Hendricks a little bit of a shop, better shop blocker, but I think Walker can as it gives you a better chance of, of dealing with somebody who's bulkier, you know, more muscled up and whatnot. 
Um, you know, Hendricks is a better shooter, and but Walker might have a more better all-around offensive game. So I, mean, I, I really think you talk like if you're thinking of the two of them, you could really talk yourself into either one of them. I, I, again, I'm going to say Walker, but Hendricks would not surprise me one bit. And I think if Whitmore's on the board, they'd probably take him. Uh, but I do think Detroit probably leans that way. And, you know, again, there's a good chance that, that Osar is set to go to Orlando at six. So if it's Walker or Hendricks, I lean Walker, but it's not going to be an, an easy call at all. I'm going to predict that Trace Jackson Davis becomes not the surprise of the draft, but that he ends up going slightly earlier than people anticipate. I, I know that, that mm-hmm. there's been talk. I, I just think, Dustin, that once you get into like the 25 range, a guy like that with a 7-1 wingspan that is a mature player that has started to show some flash of areas intrigue in his shooting ability, people know what else he can do, and they know that that he has an understanding of the game. I think that wins out once you get to that level over, like, reaches. You know what I mean? Sure. And And so I think the known quantity – will secure him in the 25 to 28 range, but we shall see. Um, yeah, but the, chance that. the real win of the lottery here is the fact that I have now, for the about-to-be-third consecutive time, properly said Dustin Dopirak is our guest. I get it right that time? <laughs> yes, you did, Jake. Oh, yes. You got three, it. Three for three, <laughs> baby. on a roll. I'm like Trace Jackson go. Davis. Show me the You're three, rolling. and I'm knocking them down now, baby. <laughs> Dustin, appreciate it, man. Absolutely. Thanks for having me, guys. Thank you. Um, you saw the big news – did you ever watch Wheel of Fortune? Yeah. You know, I remember a lot of people don't re- remember this. Other than Pat Sajak, there's been a Wheel of Fortune host that came from the professional sports ranks. And Pat Sajak now is about to hang him up. So it, it got me thinking what professional sports people, what athletes would be good at taking over that role. So I figured we could discuss that in a little bit. Sound Let's good? Let's do it. Yeah. All right, we'll continue doing that. Kevin and Query here, 93.5107.5 The Fan. Life is full of things to manage. Your work, your family, your plans, and your treatment. Consider Kesimpta, Ofatumumab 20 milligram injection. You can take it yourself from the comfort of home. If you're ready for something different, ask your healthcare provider about Kesimpta and check out the details at kesimpta.com. Brought to you by Novartis Pharmaceuticals Corporation. Welcome back to Dealing Together. First caller? I bought three sweaters to get the fourth free. Oh, you got fleeced. Next caller? I traded my old Samsung at AT AT&T for a new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus and chose my plan. That's not a bad deal. It is not. Our best smartphone deals. Your choice of plan. Learn how to get the new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus with Galaxy AI on us with eligible trade-in. AT&T. Connecting changes everything. Offers vary by device. Subject to change. S24 plus 256 gigabyte offer available for a limited time. Terms and restrictions apply. See att.com slash Samsung for details. You are listening to Kevin Inquiry on 93.5 and 107.5, The Fan. So when I was a kid, not even a kid, I actually, well, when I was really little, Wheel of Fortune was actually on in the morning. Mm-hmm. I'll never forget, I had PM kindergarten. You either went AM or right. PM. I was AM. Uh, I was PM because I later realized I was the third kid and my mom wasn't getting up that early. Um, And so... I would watch Wheel of Fortune while waiting to go to PM Kindergarten, and I will never forget one time, this would have been like 78, 79, somewhere in there, the final puzzle was place. Uh Uh-huh. 
and it was Indianapolis, Indiana. And oh. I thought that was the coolest thing ever. And that was back when you would win, and then you got to do the shopping. Uh-huh. They, like, would show the, the you know, scan around, and it's like, oh, yes, I'll take the, um, ooh, that's a, the microwave for $650, please, Pat. And, you know, you, you get to buy it with your winnings. Mm-hmm. But Rolf Benerska, who was a kicker for, I believe, the Chargers, he was a California guy, and he played in the NFL for like 10 years. He became very short-lived, but he became the host of Wheel of Fortune when they did, I can't remember, might have been like a primetime version of it for yeah. a year in the late 80s. So there is a precedent of athletes doing Wheel of Fortune. So we now know that Pat Sajak is going to retire. He announced that earlier this week on Twitter where he just said, you know, the upcoming season will be my last. And it is funny because you think to yourself, well, I mean, you know, he can't retire. Like, he's been around, you know, he's ageless, right? Well, he's 71 years. I think he's 71. I think it was. I think he was older than that. I think we looked up, he's 76. Let me, let me check, but I thought he was 76. Check his age. I'd like to know where Pat Sajak's from also. Is he Canadian or is he California? Illinois. Born really? in Chicago, and he is 76 years old. 76, yeah. okay. So, I mean. Double check for me right Seemingly, there. yeah, nice two for two there. Seemingly, like, ageless. But you just forget. It's like, okay, I mean, he's made. It's the greatest gig ever. He works like 40 days a year. He makes $18 million. What's his annual salary, Sam? Look it up. $18 million, I'm going to guess, for recording those shows get come in wear five suits on a wednesday and tape a month's worth of shows right, and go, we're blown through six episodes uh, today he's like yeah. light them up let's go according to what i just found off a quick google search it is 15 million uh 15 million a year yeah yeah he makes 302 dollars per day it says they they only tape four days a month six episodes per day that's a sweet gig those four days would suck well, but here's then. the question that we're going to lead off in the 9 o'clock hour. With Pat Sajak retiring, if they wanted to go back to the Rolf Benerska ways and go former athlete, coach maybe as well, who would be the best fit to replace Pat Sajak? Does that have to be a guy? No. Okay. Do you have any suggestions yet? Give out ours, and then we can see if listeners have any. I'll give them to you to start off the top of the hour. Sounds good. All right, we'll do it when we return. It's Kevin and Quarry, 93.5, The Fan. It's Kevin and Quarry on 93.5 and 107.5, The Fan. Now, coming up here, we need to play the, I think it was, was it Cheech and Chong that had the Vanna White song? I mean, that's going way back. I mean, I don't know. It was a knockoff. You would of, know. It was a knockoff of "Get Me a Ticket for an Airplane," but it was "Give Me a Ticket for an Airplane." Got to get on the Wheel of Fortune game. Gotcha. Vanna picked me a letter. It was fabulous. Here, here's the thing. If Vanna White, by the way, ten million dollars per year. So Pat, fifteen. Her ten. That's a couple of sweet gigs, I'd say. There's no doubt it would be the sweetest gig in the world, right? He, I want to give this disclaimer. So if we're asking people to tell us who they would like to see from the sports world to replace Pat Sajak, like somebody says, Shannon Sharp is available. Yeah, that's a good point. Mm-hmm. I want to give this disclaimer, okay? Pat McAfee and Michael Strahan are off the board because they're the obvious answers, right? I mean, who doesn't like Pat? 
and Michael Strahan is is a very likable television personality and does a very good job. But Strahan is doing the the pyramid. And I love the pyramid, by the way. Very underrated game show. Uh, Strahan does pyramid, so we're going to take him off the board because and McAfee just signed a huge deal with ESPN. So McAfee's off the board. That, that, that is like the the those are the two obvious answers. So aside from those two, now we'll go back and forth here. Mark, you give me how many names did you jot down without saying who they are? How many names did you jot down? I've got three. Okay, give me the sport of the first. Sport and gender. Are all three of yours men? Yes. Okay. I will preface that some are sports, some are just sport personalities. Okay. The first one, and I think the best choice, is in a uh, a former football player. Drew Brees. No. How good a football player? Pretty good. Possible Hall of Fame candidate. We'll see. Randy Moss. No. Those are two of them that I have listed. Uh, go, hit me. Eli Manning. Okay, not bad. I think you'd be great. Again, you're, you're not asking. It's not bad. You're it's not, not bad. You're not asking the host to do a lot, but I think as far as like witty like banter or something like that, Eli has been very solid on the Manning casts. I don't think Peyton would do it, but I could see Eli stepping in there if you're going with the athlete route, and I could see Eli Manning being a very serviceable and funny and entertaining host. Yeah, I think that um, Manning, Eli Manning has has re- the Manning cast has really helped the image of Eli Manning because he definitely comes off like a an everyday guy, right? He's a snarky little brother. He right. always chides Peyton like no one else can, and but he's always got some pretty funny comebacks. Yeah, and acar- apparently, uh, you know, occasionally he'll get a little surly and he'll throw some double birds on live television or something. You never know what you'll get out of Eli Manning. So okay. I think he was my number one choice. Give me a second. Uh, give me the sport. Uh, also football. Another former f- former football player. And this one is kind of a more personal thing for me. Not so much that I like this person, but Jay Cutler. No, although Jay would be great. Brian Urlacher. No, no, no bear, no bear affiliation. Illinois relation, but no, no Bears affiliation. How, how prominent a player? Uh, I would say he's pretty prominent right now, especially when the NFL season gets started. Active or retired? Retired. Hit me. Tony Romo. Only because I want him out of the CBS booth, though, because I can't stand him as an announcer. <laughs> so I want Tony Romo to get the gig so I don't have to see him paired with Nance. Fair. Jim, I don't know. Like I, I'm sick of it. I would like to see Tony Romo out of there, I, I but he's got a sweet gig, too. He's getting paid tons of money to just – to be terrible so yeah tony romo would be my choice as well what what's yours i thought you were going to go back and forth you i've now announced two of mine well I, you go i'm saying we'll do it in groups of three okay okay third your sport uh this one is more of a personality joe buck no i do like joe buck though um so it's a football related personality sports sports personality i don't know if i i wouldn't say you're not a former player Jim Nance. No, Jim Nance is, is also good. All right, hit me. Dan Patrick. He would be excellent. That would be a really good one. I don't know how much longer he's doing his 
show for, but I know he's done like the sports Jeopardy before and all that. So he's he would be really there, good he's, because he's very good. He just is the most soothing person on the planet, right? And he's funny. I, I, I think the thing about Pat Sajak that that you're going to look for is somebody that is pretty smooth, seemingly like like the thing about Pat Sajak is he's he's even though I think off the air he's kind of become kind of smarmy, but he. When you're on there, like he seems equally invested in and rooting for and 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 kind to all three contestants. He just seems like a decent guy, right? Um, when he's up there and like he's asking people and like even when people screw up, he never really makes fun of people. I mean, he seems like a decent guy. Mm-hmm. So my list, it, it was kind of hard for me because I was trying to come up with people that that fall into that criteria. And some of it are, are like way obvious. I mean, Peyton Manning's pretty obvious, right? Yeah. I think Drew Brees would be decent. Yeah, because he comes off like a decent dude, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, he'd be solid. One that I think would be interesting because I think it'd be polarizing. Danica Patrick. She would be good. I think. I think she would be good because. I mean, I like Danica Patrick, and I think that it would give people a chance to kind of see Danica Patrick's personality, and they'd be like, yeah, she's likable, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, I've liked her 500 coverage when I've seen her. Here's one that is going in the way back, and, and I totally anticipate that I'm literally, I'm, I'm fully expecting you, Mark, and everybody listening to be like, this guy, I mean, he started with talking about leaving the beaver, and now he's dropping this on us. One of the most naturally humorous, conversational, nice guys in the history of the NFL is from right here in – well, not he's not from here. Went to high school right here in Indianapolis. Granted, he's like probably 65 years old now. Morton Anderson. Morton Anderson, the kicker, the Hall of Fame kicker. I think he's in the Hall of Fame, isn't he? Yeah. Was the all-time leading scorer in the NFL at one point. Might still be. Uh, that dude is one of the funniest – he is like just naturally funny, totally easygoing, laid back. People would love him. They, honestly, if Morton Anderson got it, people would be like, "Who, who is this dude?" Yeah, I think and, I think a lot of people that isn't are, that aren't NFL fans would be like, "Who?" Is oh, this? I think a anybody under fifty the... would wonder who he is. Yeah, but Rolf Bonerska did it, so the precedent's there. Mm-hmm. And I'm telling you, he he would be decent. I think Randy Moss would be cool. Randy Moss is another one that television has completely revamped his image because when he was a player. I mean, he was thought of as. I mean, you've seen it. Like, the, no. I mean, I don't know. Straight cash, tell you. homie. Yeah, and, and then he gets on television, and people are like, man, this dude is really likable. By the way, do you know who Randy Williams or Randy, Randy, Randy Williams? I just, well, I just started to tip my hand. Do you know who Randy Moss's high school basketball teammate was? I'm going to say Randy Williams. Jason Williams. Oh, there white you go. chocolate. <laughs> Before we move on, I have one more to add to the list of potential sure. female hosts who I think would make a, a rather good candidate. Uh, because, Jake, I know you like to guess. I'll say boxing, and it should, I mean, as far as name value goes, I think female in boxing, the name should come to mind right away. Layla Ali or Ronda Rousey. Or Le- Ronda Layla Rousey. Ali. I think she yeah, has Layla a lot Ali of TV experience, really and I think she's got the personality. She would be good. It. No, mm-hmm. that's a good call. Yeah. She would be really good. Um, And, yeah, she comes off like she'd be a pretty friendly, like, down-to-earth person, right? Yeah, everything that I've seen her on so far, she seems very much like somebody that people just, like, she speaks, obviously, the connection to Muhammad Ali, and you just kind of nod your head and agree. She's got that very agreeable, I don't know, tone. Okay, how about this one? 
this is such a hard one to go with because I it is interesting how things images whatever get complex and I hate this for him I hate it for him because I'm not saying it's fair but had he not come back how much did the come and I hate even going there with this but I'm going to ask it anyway how much did the stint as the interim coach of the Colts hurt the legacy in terms of the likability, not the likability per se as a guy, but just the overall legacy and connection for Jeff Saturday? Perception, I think. I mean, he took on an impossible task, which, I mean, he, he was going to be in a losing situation any either way he took it, just because the season had gone completely off the rails, and then you added him to the mix and just had some horrific just performances, whether it was the Vikings game, the Cowboys game, I mean, and he was on the receiving end of that. And a lot of the blame fell on him just because he was the interim head coach and all that. So, yeah, he got wrongfully blamed for a lot of it, despite, you know, not having much hand in in their uh, roster building and all that stuff. So, yeah, it, it has hurt him. Nationally, I don't know. We still haven't heard from him, really, outside of being on a boat on Twitter. So, I mean, yeah, he's very good. When he's on ESPN, he was very good. Uh, curious to see if he'd be interested in something like that, but I'm assuming if they offer you 15 million a year, you're hell yeah. I don't know who you are, but you're probably accepting that. Uh, this is great from Aaron. Using Mark's reasoning on Tony Romo, I say Gus Johnson is the host of Wheel of Fortune. Bang! <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm telling you, I think everybody knows Gus Johnson drives me crazy. Oh yeah, yeah, I know he does. You know that was an unpo- I'm going to go back to this to lead off the show. We were talking about Jonathan Taylor, and I was saying how when I had first mentioned the trade of Jonathan Taylor, people, you know probably rightly, told me I was premature in that. Another thing where I was probably premature and ahead of things, where, and again, this seems to be a narrative where, or a common theme where, you know, I end up being right. Um, But I do think that, and you tell me if I'm wrong here, Mark, I feel like there is a fatigue of Gus Johnson that is set in with people. I think young people will always like his broadcast style. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like Sports Center. When Sports Center was at its zenith in the mid nineties, was it really? Or is it just that I was twenty three years old and I was the target demographic? And then people are like, dude, Sports Center's so lame, man. Nobody watches that anymore. Is that true? Or is it that just that you are now aged out of the demographic? It could be. It's also, you know, there's, there's that, I mean, in, that, that content and information that you couldn't get normally well, is now all fully available on social media. You Correct. just Google whatever you're looking for. I, I right get there. that. But, but I, I'm trying to think of other, you know, you just always hear people say that kind of stuff though, right? Like, man, it's just not like it used to be. Well, maybe it is to people that are at the right. age that are, you know, whatever it might be. I like Gus Johnson, but I can see why he wears on people because it doesn't matter the sport. Every The game could tip off, and you would think it was the final seconds of a fourth-quarter championship game. And that's that's the problem that I have with him. It's just like, yeah, man, a, a basket to put a team up 19-18 is different than a game-winning shot. Right. And I kind of feel like Gus Johnson thinks people are watching the game to see Gus Johnson. You know, Buck, I'll give Buck a lot of credit. I mean, Joe Buck, when you hear his voice, you know it's a big-time game. But I've never got the impression that Joe Buck is under the impression people are turning it on to see Joe Buck. No. And I think Gus Johnson thinks that people are turning it on to see Gus Johnson. This is a good one if, unfortunately, if, if age and health were not an issue. Dick Vitale. Yep. 
Yeah, he'd be great. Saturday Night Live is a good example of what I'm talking about. Everybody's like, SNL's weak, man. It was, dude, the heyday of that was 20 years ago. Well, 20 years ago, you were 25. Yeah. You ask anybody, what's the, it's a fascinating, like, social survey to ask Americans, what's the dream, what was the greatest era of SNL? And by and large, most of them are going to tell you, the era between when they were 15 and 21. Yeah. Like for me, it was when it was Adam Sandler, Chris Farley, David Spade, Will Ferrell. It was that group. But then for my dad, it was Bill Murray and all those guys. Right. And like for me, it was Eddie Murphy and Martin Short. And, yeah. You know, what was the um, Tim Kazarinsky was extremely underrated. Mm-hmm. I do remember Tim Kazarinsky had a skit that he used to play Gandhi and he would ask questions to God. And it was like 1983, and again, I was a kid, and I'm watching it, and one of his questions was, what does God have against the Indiana Pacers? <laughs> and I remember laughing and at the same time being like, wait a minute, I think he must be saying that because the Pacers aren't very good. Uh, but anyway, so Jeff Saturday, you think Jeff Saturday would be good at it? I think he'd be good at it. He's definitely got the personality and, and all that stuff, and like I said, it just would be interesting if uh, you know that's something he'd be interested in. We don't really know what his future holds. We haven't heard from him, like I said, since the – Thank you, Colts fans, this and that, when he got word that he wasn't going to be the head coach and Shane Steichen got the gig. So He was on a boat, remember? And I'm yeah, like, man, that's the last we've heard of him as far as I know. I, I want to know where he rode that thing. Um, Reggie Miller, I've, somebody points out, it, my only thing with Reggie Miller, I love Reggie Miller. Love him. You know, when Reggie Miller got drafted by the Pacers, I was an eighth grader. I called WIBC. He was on WIBC, and you could call in. He was, They were taking phone calls. And I called in and said, I want to know what you think about the fact that I wanted Steve Alford and you're not Steve Alford. And he said, well, I'm Reggie Miller, and I think eventually you'll learn to like my game. And I remember thinking, like, yeah, okay. No, he was right. Um, I've always loved Reggie Miller, probably my favorite NBA player. But as a broadcaster, he kind of drives me crazy because I feel like, he, like Gus Johnson, I feel like he – he doesn't sound authentic. I don't think his his cadence and his energy feels genuine. Am I wrong in that? No, I can see that. Like, it feels like he's trying to force drama. Yeah, I can see that. Again, you don't need the host to do much, though. You're kind of introing the show and the puzzles, and occasionally you have some witty banter. And, hey, where are you from? What's going on in, you know, IT these days? Here's one Brandon points out, and I don't know what name he goes by now, Meta World Peace. Yeah, he'd be good. Um, Just because you wouldn't know what was coming. So, like, it's, Since- it's time to take a spin, and, and um, I hope you don't get bankrupt because, like, I, I see a lot of people that do that, but but um, but I think he, I, I always ended up getting a free spin. Sorry, uh, just a brief sure. change in topic, but since we're talking patients and basketball, I am just seeing this right now. Uh, kind of breaking news, Sports Illustrated is reporting that Mike Dunleavy Jr. is going to be named the Warriors' new general manager. Mm. Interesting. Golden State Warriors. Really? Interesting. That That is via I, What's he been doing lately? Hanging out. His brother, Mike Dunleavy, of course, the former Pacer, Mike Dunleavy, right? His father, Mike Dunleavy, was head coach for a number of different places. Mike Dunleavy was on the Duke team that was beaten by Indiana in 02 in the Sweet 16 before 
he became and he was a good player in the NBA. I thought he was a good player here, and he kind of got a bum rap number one because he had problems staying healthy. So it is that Mike Dunleavy, right? Yes, yes, it is. Yeah. Um, Mike Dunleavy only retired back in 2017. He's, he say. retired with the Atlanta Hawks. So he, um, you know, he had some health issues here, but when he was healthy, I thought he was a pretty good player. But it was just the fact that they were coming off of that brawl team and they had to trade. Speaking of our test, make that trade and bring him back, and you know, there was kind of a revolt. He and Troy Murphy were you know, put in a bad spot. Good player. He has a brother that is no longer but was the head coach at Quinnipiac. And I was doing the Final Four, oh, I don't know, eight years ago or so on Radio Row. And they're like, do you want to interview Coach Dunleavy? And I'm like, sure. You know, we his brother played here. Yeah, why not? So we're talking to him, and I told him, I said, yeah, my last name starts with the letter Q because he was wearing a Quinnipiac shirt and it had the big letter script Q on it. I'm like, man, that's a sweet logo. He's like, really? You like our logo? I said, well, my last name starts with the letter Q. So, like, my nickname in college was Q. Mm-hmm. And so he goes, oh, man, give me your business card. So I did. He sent, like, like literally a week later, I got a box of, it had to have been $500 worth of Quinnipiac merchandise. Hats, keychains, sweatshirt, golf shirt, all with the letter Q on it. And I loved them. And I wore that Q hat a lot, along with my Quebec baseball hat, but there was the letter Q. And it was great. All my buddies from high school, Q or Qster, I mean, that's what I was known at. And then QAnon came along. And all of a sudden, I'm wearing this hat, and people are coming up, and they're like, so you know Q+, right? What's that? Well, I'm telling you what, the, the... you know, the way they've got the kids in the sewers. I'm like, what are you talking about? And and literally after like six weeks, I'm like, I can't wear this anymore. I, I couldn't go anywhere. It was crazy. This, and this was like seven years ago. And I mean, the stuff people were saying to me, I'm like, this is nuts. There was a restaurant in town, not going to say the name of it, that I love. And the GM of the restaurant was totally ate up with it and would sit down at the table with me and Shannon and talk our ear off for 30 minutes of conspiracy theory stuff. Because he thought I was in. Thought I was in the gang. He thought I like like didn't ask for my membership card, but I had the hat on, right? Well, I mean, talk to my ear off about I mean, the stuff he's talking about. Oh my gosh. And I'm like, this stuff is crazy. And, I don't want to talk about JFK anymore. Uh, totally. I mean, honestly, it was like JFK Jr.'s alive and he's coming back and he's gonna be the vice president and they're gonna under tackle the I mean, just on and on and on. And I'm like, not even JFK Jr., JFK Sr. Mm-hmm. JFK Sr., oh, you know, they needed a golden casket to have because John Kennedy died. I'm like, John Kennedy would be like 109 years old. What? I Crazy. So I, I had to put up all the Q stuff from Quinnipiac. So if anybody wants some Quinnipiac merchandise, let me know. I've got some slightly worn stuff if I didn't throw it out already. Um, but back to it, though, I think Randy Moss would be cool. I do think Saturday would be cool as a host of Wheel of Fortune. Mm-hmm. So we'll see. Give us your thoughts if you think uh, if you got any other wheel and fortune names that we have. A ton of people have been tweeting me some some good submissions here. Um, this is good. Somebody said, "Get Joey Molinaro to do it." Each round, he could be a different celebrity. That's, there you go. That's not bad. That's solid. Um, Jesse Palmer would be a good one. Didn't he go to? Didn't he live in Carmel or their parents live in Carmel or something like that? That might be right. I think it My was wife the, would be on board with that one, that's for sure. I, We'd be I watching a lot more Wheel of Fortune. Jesse Palmer's 
parents lived at some point in Carmel. I don't know if they still do. How about Shaq? Uh... You're wrong. No vowels. I think Shaq would be fun, but I think that's one of those things where the entertainment value after, say, the first month might be He probably over. already gets enough money from the NBA and TNT with his gigs. So I, think, I think Shaq's thing is he, he would just be hard to understand, right? Yeah. He wouldn't have the schedule. He's got 100 commercials Just because he speaks so softly, I mean. like he, You know what I mean? He kind of... Now, Barkley. I'm surprised nobody else has said Barkley. He'd be good too, but again, I think Barkley's got a pretty sweet gig that he's got, and I don't, I don't know how much he wants on his plate. He might be one of those guys that actually does refuse the gig, even if they offer him a bu- bunch of money. But I love Barkley. Barkley's great. I mean, Barkley is—it's amazing with Barkley, and you know that this is a sign of Barkley's popularity. Barkley, with some of the things—I mean, he is Teflon. Some of the things he's both said and been involved in, and I like him too. When I was, you know, Leeds, Alabama, where the IndyCar race is, where you were, right, where the Buckies yep. is, uh-huh. that's Barkley's hometown. Yeah. When you went to the Buckies, you were literally because I went to Barkley's childhood home. When you went to Buckies, Mark, you were literally, I, I mean, a quarter mile from his high school and a third of a mile mm-hmm. from his house, from his childhood home. And going back and talking to people from Leeds that grew up and, and around and and whatever else with Barkley. Um, they love him, and I can't remember the name they use for him. They, he goes by his. Growing up, he went by his middle name. I think it's Wayne. Wade. I think it's Wade. Mm-hmm. So, like, if you ask people in, in Leeds, like, "Hey, did you know Charles Barkley?" Like, yeah, I know Wade. No one called him Charles. Call, yeah, nobody did. Um, what about John Cena? He'd be great too. I love John Cena. He. But again, he's got another one of the. He's he's all over. I I don't understand how that man sleeps. He's got a million gigs simultaneously. It seems like. But so. fifteen million for for thirty days I know. work. I know. Who the hell wouldn't do it, right? Yeah, yeah. You'd you'd cut a couple other gigs off at that point. I mean, that one. John Cena is great. Sam Fritz and I. Hell, I could do it because Sam Fritz will tell you. I'm not going to say the name of the program because I don't want to give too much a glimpse behind the curtain. But there have been radio shows at this station where Sam Fritz and I sat in. Down on the fifth floor, and Sam, what did you do? Knock out three or four shows in a day? Oh, yeah. Yeah, just. And, I, I mean, I would screw the whole thing up, and then um, Sam would edit it all together and make it look great. Uh, 239-1070, Mark joins us. Hey. What's up, Jake, Mark? How, hey, Jake, how are you today? Thanks Hello, for Mark. taking my call. Hey, you know what? We've already seen Kevin without a shirt on. Have we not? Yes, unfortunately. Okay, so you, you've got to take this up, and you got to get with JMV, but we've got to take this up a notch. We've got to get him to cut someone's grass with uh, penny loafers, socks up to the knees with a Speedo on. That would be the ticket. Yeah, boy, I'll tell you, the Speedo thing, man, I don't know if, if Kev would agree to that. This is all part of, by the way, the charity auction that we're going to have on Tuesday, July 11th as part of the outing at the Back Nine Golf and Entertainment, all to benefit the American Heart Association, brought to you by Franciscan Health. Um, all you got to do is rent a bay, basically go out there and rent a bay and have fun. And, and I'll come by your bay and hang out and eat nachos and part of the entertainment they have there. And part of that auction is that Kevin agreed. I don't even know if he agreed to it. Mark, did he JMV just nominated that Kevin's going to mow somebody's lawn shirtless. Yeah, yeah that's it. Yeah, JMV just said, you know, but he needed to do it shirtless, but haven't we seen him shirtless enough? I mean, we have, but, but, next level? but do people want to bid and see Kevin in a thong on their front lawn? <laughs> I don't know if that's something I would. I do. like the penny loafers idea, though, man. I, you well, know the, what? The penny loafers and the socks up to the knees. Yeah. You know. I will tell you this though, Mark. Not to get too too dark here, dark Mark. But 
when yeah, I was you a know, kid. This is, this, is, this is three Little King Mark. Oh, sweet, yeah. man. Remember me? Of course. Okay. Of course. Listen, when I was a kid in my neighborhood, in my subdivision, there was a guy that used to mow his lawn in Penny Loafers, Mark. And he turned out to be, um, I kid you not, and I don't want to say any names because there are still friends uh, and family around the area. But when I was a kid growing up, there was a guy in my subdivision who used to mow his lawn in his penny loafers. We thought it was so odd and peculiar, and he turned out to be a serial killer, just so you know. So I, that took a, took quite I, the I, turn. I, I, said, I said, Dark Mark. By the way, he did mention, I'm going to mention it one more time. Tuesday, July 11th, Back Nine Golf and Entertainment. Fabulous view where you can sit there. In your own bay, multi-levels, obviously, and whether or not you are there just to eat the fabulous food, whether you're there to watch any of their TV screens, have a cold beer, or to swing the golf club around and tally up what kind of score you can, doing so while looking over the skyline of Indianapolis in front of you. That's what you get at 1415 Drover Street at Back Nine, and that's where our golf and entertainment tournament is going to take place on July the 11th. Again, this is just $95 per person, $360 for a foursome to get your own bay. That includes three hours of play, lunch, you get some swag from the fan, you also get a special gift to commemorate participation in the event, and then JMV is going to get things underway at 11 afterwards. Of course, he'll be doing his show, and then afterwards, a silent auction and a live auction, I should say, uh, a live auction for all to raise money for the American Heart Association, and believe you me when I tell you, um, I can speak for a lot when I say the American Heart Association, close to my heart, pardon the pun, but it is absolutely true. By the way, time for a morning checkdown. The morning checkdown. Omaha! 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 On 93.5 and 107.5, the fan. Hey, break up the fever. They've won three of four. Second straight last night in Chicago. They defeated the Sky 92 90. They are now four and six overall. Bottom line, though, Mark, uh, Aaliyah Boston's a pretty darn good player. She's a star. She's going to be the face of the franchise if she isn't already. She's looking good. 19 points. Uh, Fever, still a couple games under 500, but they're looking pretty good so far. They can take the, uh, they can slice that under 500 gap in half on Sunday when they host Atlanta, 4 o'clock at the field. Around the baseball diamond, my Cubbies got the three-game sweep over the Pirates with a 7-2 win. Phillies top my Diamondbacks 5-4, while Jake's Orioles get the 4-2 win over the Blue Jays. And Kevin's A's 4-3 losers to the Tampa Bay Ray, oh, Tampa Bay Rays beat the Oakland Athletics 4-3. to And, of course, the uh, Indianapolis Indians 10-8 losers to the Iowa Cubs. Do you know what the Baltimore Orioles, do you know what the guy on the hat was saying while they were beating the Bla- Blue Jays 4-2? to Was it root for Blue me? Jays, by the way, did you know this? Blue Jays are like really mean birds. Oh, yeah. I saw one in Florida. It was not nice. What do you mean? Yeah, it was just, you know, you could like see. holding up a bank or something? It was a little pissy mood. I was like, what the hell's going <laughs> on with this bird? You could say that on the I radio. think I just did. Uh, the Baltimore Oriole, when he sees the Blue Jays, just says, hey. Root for me. I'll be right by the Orioles spring training nice. facility nice uh, fella. later tonight. Uh, Mike Dunleavy Jr., as Sam Fritz had just mentioned here on the air, going to be the new general manager of the Golden State Warriors. Kind of a peculiar move, though, because you would think that the way that they've been, although you know, Steve Kerr was kind of a peculiar move when he was yeah. put into the coaching position as well, so we'll see how it works out uh, for Golden State. When we come back, we'll get back into some of the Colts' conversation. No, 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 we got the pop quiz next. Oh, the pop Freebie quiz Friday, well, pop right. quiz. So, Freebie Friday, Jiffy Lube oil change on the line, 317-239-1070 if you want to play. Even if you don't go five for five, you still get a Jiffy Lube oil change. We'll do that, and we'll have some more It's a very manageable quiz today, by the way. Yeah, manageable, so we'll do pop quiz next, and then we'll wrap the show with some more Colts talk, Jonathan Taylor, contract situation, all that. All coming up next, Kevin and Query, 93.5, 107.5, The Fan. 
life is full of things to manage. Your work, your family, your plans, and your treatment. Consider Kesimpta, Ofatumumab 20 milligram injection. You can take it yourself from the comfort of home. If you're ready for something different, ask your healthcare provider about Kesimpta and check out the details at kesimpta.com. Brought to you by Novartis Pharmaceuticals Corporation. Welcome back to Dealing Together. First caller? I bought three sweaters to get the fourth free. Oh, you got fleeced. Next caller? I traded my old Samsung at AT&T for a new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus and chose my plan. That's not a bad deal. It is not. Our best smartphone deals. Your choice of plan. Learn how to get the new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus with Galaxy AI on us with eligible trade-in. AT&T. Connecting changes everything. Offers vary by device. Subject to change. S24 plus 256 gigabyte offer available for a limited time. Terms and restrictions apply. See att.com slash Samsung for details. By the way, speaking of questions, I did a fabulous Twitter poll yesterday. Yeah. I'm very curious to know Sam Fritz's answer on it. This is the closest Twitter poll I've ever done. Is this opinion-based or fact-based? Do I need to know the correct answer, or am I just giving my... No, it's not. It's opinion-based. Okay. Right now, I have over 1,500 votes on this Twitter poll with nine hours remaining. And of the four possible answers... They break down one has 22%, one has 23%, one has 30%, and one has 25%. I'll tell you without spoiling it, The Leader is one of my least favorite songs in the world. I don't disagree with you, but I have four songs listed and did a survey of which of the four is the best song. We'll get to that um, when we intermix it with some Colts conversation. But it's time for the pop quiz on a freebie Friday. Uh, Mark Dykton, give me a number one through six. Uh, Two. Number two. Number two, we're going with Rex. Rex, Rex. what's up? Yes, sir. Good morning. Uh, Rex, have you called the show before? Uh, it's been a while. You sound like a nice guy. You also sound like you're at the bottom of the ocean. Um, <laughs> we're I'm driving on 465. Well, uh, hands-free, please. Make sure that you're paying attention here. 465, are you uh, east, west, north, or southbound? Coming up on Emerson on the south side. Okay. Um, and you're headed to work, you're headed to play. What do you, what do we got uh, going on? Back. I work in sales. I've been to a couple customers headed back to the office. What, what sort of thing do you sell? Do you sell Rex? Uh, commercial tires. Oh, okay. Fair enough. Uh, so it's, uh, hopefully you've got good tread there on 465. You're doing okay there. Uh, okay, Rex, can we play a little get to know your listener? It's a fabulous game. We've had a lot of success with it. Kids love it in particular. Um, we know that you are, uh, out hawking rubber, but if you don't mind me, <laughs> excuse me, no, just go move past it. Okay. If, if you don't mind me asking Rex, how old a fella are you? 64. 64 year old Rex. Okay. Uh, retirement in the plans or are you just enjoying selling the tires? Yeah, three or four years. Yeah, that's cool. Okay, and uh, Rex, I'm, I'm guessing if you're 64, that would have put you somewhere around the graduating class of like 77 from high school. Is that about right? Absolutely. Okay, and that would have been what high school? Decatur Central. Decatur Central. Okay, so you were a hawk. Now, and you were uh, correct to say you were wildly impressed by my quick math there. Is that right? Absolutely. You're impressive. <laughs> Thank you, Rex. Um Lastly, Rex, when you were a kid growing up, or or now, as a matter of fact, when you tell people your name is Rex, the famous Rex that is most often referenced to you would be which? Tyrannosaurus Rex. I was just going to say, man, the T-Rex. Not Rex Chapman, not Rex Ryan. We'll go with uh, not Rex Grossman, right? No, definitely not him. Rex is kind of a cool name. Actually, is Re- Re- is, what is the origin of the name Rex? Uh, I believe it means king. It Black. means 
What's that? King. Okay. Well, we'll see if you're the king of the pop quiz. Would you like for me, that would be Jake, or for Mark to lead you off with question number one, Rex? Mark number one. Ooh, okay. Nice switching up. Jake's ego just took a hit. I'll well, take fine. it. All right, Rex. Fine, T-Rex. <laughs> one year ago today, the Golden State Warriors won their fourth NBA championship in eight years. Who did the Warriors beat in the 2022 NBA Finals? The Boston Celtics, Milwaukee Bucks, Philadelphia 76ers, or Miami Heat? Miami Heat. Okay, question number two. Two golfers tied the record for lowest round in a men's major championship with 62s in yesterday's opening round for the U.S. Open. Which of the following, who I think had a Big Mac, did not shoot a 62 in a major? Ricky Fowler, Brandon Grace, Xander Shoffley, or Tommy Fleetwood? Yesterday or? All time. Which of those guys has never shot a 62 in a major? Fowler and Shoffley did it yesterday. What was the other two names? Brandon Grace or Tommy Fleetwood? Brandon Grace. Okay. All right, Rex. Shohei Itani pounded his 22nd home run of the season and picked up the win on the mound as the Angels beat the Rangers last night. Otani is now tied for the Major League Baseball lead in home runs. Who is he tied with? Aaron Judge, Jorge Soler, Pete Alonso, or Matt Olson? Aaron Judge. Okay, question four. The Fever improved to 4-6 and six with their win in Chicago last night. They've now won back-to-back games for the first time in more than a year. Who is leading the Fever in scoring through 10 games this season? Is it rookie Aaliyah Boston, Kelsey Mitchell, Erica Wheeler, or Nalisa Smith? Kelsey Mitchell. Okay. All right, Rex, wrapping it up. 55 years ago today, this golfer became the first to win the U.S. Open while shooting under 70 in all four rounds. Was it Lee Trevino, Bobby Nichols, Tony Jacklin, or Jack Nicklaus? All righty. By the way, Tony Jacklin, uh, coach of soccer, married to Becky Wilhoit from my class, uh, is cousin Matt Jacklin, good buddy of mine. Oh, there you go. Different Tony Jacklin. But Small world. Uh, Rex, stay on the line because it's a freebie Friday, so we're going to get you all changed up, so you're going to have great oil along to go with that fantastic tire that you're driving on, or the four of them. But the correct answers, it was the Boston Celtics for question number one. My hint of a big back was because it was Tommy Fleetwood for question number two. Get Fleetwood Maxi. Uh, Pete Alonso for number three. Kelsey Mitchell was correct. Lee Trevino for number five. But stick on the line because it is a freebie Friday. Thanks for playing, Rex. Uh, I'm going to go over for you the four songs that I listed on my Twitter survey yesterday because it's the closest poll I've ever done. And I want to talk good. about Jonathan Taylor's contract as well when we come back and put a bow tie on things on a Friday. Good morning to you, Jake Quarry, Mark Dykton, and Sam Fritz. It is Kevin and Quarry, 93.5-1075 The Fan. Life is full of things to manage. Your work, your family, your plans, and your treatment. Consider Kesimpta, Ofatumumab 20-milligram injection. You can take it yourself from the comfort of home. If you're ready for something different, ask your healthcare provider about Kesimpta and check out the details at kesimpta.com. Brought to you by Novartis Pharmaceuticals Corporation. 
Welcome back to Dealing Together. First caller? I bought three sweaters to get the fourth free. Oh, you got fleeced. Next caller? I traded my old Samsung at AT&T for a new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus and chose my plan. That's not a bad deal. It is not. Our best smartphone deals. Your choice of plan. Learn how to get the new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus with Galaxy AI on us with eligible trade-in. AT&T. Connecting changes everything. Offers vary by device. Subject to change. S24 plus 256 gigabyte offer available for a limited time. Terms and restrictions apply. See att.com slash Samsung for details. It's Kevin and Query on 93.5 and 107.5. The Fan. 16 minutes before the hour of 10 o'clock. By the way, the Fan at Back 9 Golf Tournament is definitely Tuesday, July 11th. The website, I believe, says the 12th, but it is, in fact, Tuesday, July the 11th. All to benefit the American Heart Association. So thank you, Nick, for pointing that out. Nick, hope to see you there. And... I've still got to get your gift card to you for winning the Indianapolis 500. I promise you, promise you, promise you. Um, those are in the mail. Promise you. So I yesterday, I do this sometimes just for fun. Uh-huh. And I try to come up with four songs that I think are pretty close to one another in terms of genre and ask people which of the four is their favorite song. And in the past, I, I've done some of them where it surprised me, the, the winning song. And it's, and I usually get like a 1,000 people or so that will respond on Twitter. I did one the other day, and the four songs were uh, Where the Streets Have No Name, Every Breath You Take, uh, In Your Eyes by Peter Gabriel, and Alive and Kicking by Simple Minds, which I think is a very underrated song. The winner in that foursome was Every Breath You Take by like two votes. Hmm. That surprised me a little bit. I did, a, I did another one that had... Um, Melt With You by Modern English, um, Everybody Wants to Rule the World by Tears for Fears, Don't You Forget About Me by Simple Minds, and Asia. Or not, uh, Africa, Africa by not Toto. Asia, and Jesus. Africa won that. That surprised me. Yeah, This one is fascinating because of how close it is. I personally think there's – I'm not going to say which one I think is unequivocally the best. But simply I put this on Twitter. Tell me which of these you consider the best song of the four. Free Bird by Leonard Skinner. Hey Jude by the Beatles. Hotel California by the Eagles. Or Stairway to Heaven by Led Zeppelin. Right now, Free Bird at 22%, Hey Jude at 23%, Stairway to Heaven at 25%, and Hotel California at 30%. Now, there have been some very interesting comments from people. Um, I think this is a really good point from Brian. He said, hey, Jude is a great, dong, uh, a great song seven days a week. Hotel California, crank it all the way up on the first warm day of the year. Free bird, old friends, drinks likely involved. Stairway to heaven, epic weekend, and the greatest friend song. Okay. Um, and somebody else pointed out, it says, looks like the final hour of an old all-time countdown. Two in major, two in minor, as well as all over six minutes, but only one has a bridge. The themes are leaving, staying, new beginnings, endings, excess, meaning, heaven, hell, captivity, freedom. There are metaphors galore. So which of those four, Mark Dykton, would you say is your favorite song? Well, the one I voted for was Hey Jude by the Beatles. Always liked that song. I could listen to it every time it's on the air or just in my car. Uh, I could listen to that like you said, seven days a week, 365. You know that in Hey Jude, 
two things that happened during the recording of Hey Jude. One of them is Ringo Starr had gotten up to go use the restroom and came back, and they didn't know that he was going to be there in time to hit the drums, and he slid back in right when it was time for the drums to play, and mm-hmm. they're like, okay. And then it, I think it was Ringo. Be right back. i got to use the bathroom. <laughs> somebody, somebody missed a note and yells out, I'm not going to say the swear word, but it's the king daddy of them all that the kids said in A Christmas Story. Mm-hmm. So they drop an F-bomb. And you can hear John Lennon then say, like, carry on, or like, move on. And they just keep recording over it. And they got it. You can hear it in the background if you listen very, very closely. But to me, hey, Jude, once they get into whatever you call it at the end, the chorus, I guess, for lack of a better phrase, I, if you don't have that at like nine out of 10 on your volume knob, I don't know what's going on, right? Yeah. Sam, I can tell you're chomping at the bit. You're a music guru. Your thoughts? If I, uh, to be honest, the way the list shakes out right now is almost exactly how I'd rank them. Um, I think as far as musicianship goes, I'd give Stairway to Heaven the Edge, but I would vote personally for Hotel California. Hotel California's leading right now. Right. Yeah. No. The way that you listed up, you you did like least amount of votes to most. That's the I I in that same format, I would rank them exactly that way. By the way, to our Wheel of Fortune question, the following names have rumored to be considered for Pat Sajak's position in reality. Stephen A. Smith, um, Jorge Sedano, I'm not familiar with him. Should I be? He is an ESPN guy. Charles Barkley, Michael Strahan, Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers just seems too smarmy. Yeah. And Stephen A., I mean, he seems like he won't be able to be quiet. Like he'd want to be voicing some opinions and stuff. Yeah, I... I Stephen A. Smith, I think, actually, I've had a few interactions with him. Very seldom, but he was always very nice. Yeah. Very nice. Um, So, at this point, by the way, on the survey, there are 1,545 votes with nine hours remaining. And Hotel California, barely in front. Now, I, I've Hotel California, the album cover, it probably gets helped by the fact that the album cover is so iconic. And if you've ever gone to, I think it's the, is it the Beverly Hills Hotel? If you're driving in L.A., you can like, matter of fact, you pull up the drive to the vantage point of taking the picture of the hotel that became the album cover for Hotel California. Uh-huh. And we did it, Michael Young, we were on an IndyCar trip in L.A. Michael Young was like, we got to get a picture of the Hotel California. And we pulled up the drive and parked, and as soon as we did, loud, loud, speakers in the bushes were like this is not a public parking spot please move and i'm like you know what i'll bet other people do this a lot and it's very annoying it's like a disney world where they say do not stop where it says like welcome to disney world keep driving it's probably that situation there how often have you been to disney world probably too often lately with the girls yeah well you can you know what mark you can get to disney world now by just going up in in a year from now by just going up to whitestown to wally's there you go yeah the Bucky's again. I started selling it short. I, I said Bucky's knockoff, and now I'm reading more about Wally's. I'm all in. I'm in on Wally's. Like they got the cute little Yogi Bear looking fella. Yeah. They're they they clean restrooms, right? That's what beef they say. jerky. So uh-huh. they're they're taking the Bucky's. Do we know which was first? No. I'm gonna guess Bucky's just by the size of the uh, the amount of the amount of you know facilities they have, as opposed to Wally's, which is just going on its third. Wally's maybe Wally just decided here's the thing I really do believe this and I promise we'll get back into the Colts here real quick 
There's an Eddie Haskell's bar, Kurt points out, in there's a, a, a restaurant, like a restaurant theme called Eddie Haskell's in Arkansas. So if we can get Wally's on one side of the 65 in Whitestown, and then Bucky's, who has the beaver as the mascot, on uh-huh. the opposite side of the street, and then inside one of the two of them, we get a an Eddie Haskell's restaurant, right? Ward's clothing from Mooresville that has the Levi's outlet. If we can get that in one of the other ones, because they're big enough to have like the little side, you know, the other stores inside of it. So you could literally get Ward, the Beaver, uh, Wally, and then if you open it in June, you've literally got the entire family, the Cleavers, right? You were targeting a very specific demographic with that. Needless to say, all of them have – Bucky's and Wally's both have a meat department, so you've got cleavers covered Uh too, right? Oh, my God. Wally's is only three years old. They first opened in Pontiac, Illinois in 2020. They're the youngest of this gas station war that we're setting up here. (laughs) Bucky's, uh, 1982, and because I refuse to let it go, Wawa, 1964. Yeah, no, Wawa's not in the same category, though. Because they they will win that easily. No, Wawa Wawa is a nice gas station. These other places are like superstores, honestly. It's like comparing... I don't even know. It's like comparing a small O'Malia's to like the Kroger Superstore. I mean, they're just they're just different. They're different price points, Sam. But I know that the Philadelphians will throw you down a flight of stairs over Walla, yeah. amongst anything else that they can if they're from Philadelphia. Um, so Jonathan Taylor is a fascinating story, Mark, and I get the impression that this is something that we're going to end up talking about essentially the entire season, right? Uh, at least up until training camp, unless something gets resolved before then. But yeah, Jonathan Taylor, a little more vocal the other day uh, than he was back in April. Uh, he said originally like, oh, you know, no big deal. We'll come to that bridge when we get to it and all that stuff. And then yesterday or at uh, veteran minicamp, he was discussing about appreciation. He'd like to help the community out. He wants to retire a Colts. He said the ball's in the Colts court. Uh, so he changed agencies since April. He's being a little more vocal. I think he's also seeing the landscape of the running back situation with Dalvin Cook getting outright released. Saquon Barkley kind of arguing with the Giants over a new contract. Austin Eckler requested a trade earlier before he got a revised contract with the Chargers. So he's seeing, he's looking around. He's seeing kind of his peers going through these uh, these battles for new contracts. And with the devaluation of the running back position, I think he's kind of looking around like, oh, boy, this doesn't look too great for me. That's the thing, right? I mean, if you're his agent, it it does feel like, again, I go back to, it it feels like Jonathan Taylor, this is a bad analogy because this is not the kind of running back he is. But I remember when, do you remember when Hummers became like the car that everybody Uh had? Yeah. So everybody wanted a Hummer, right? They were first Humvee, and then they changed it to Hummer and H2 and whatever else. And then gas got to like 450 a gallon and like 07. And suddenly, nobody wanted one. And you had like this surplus kind of in a way, and everybody's like, yeah, but there's no practicality to those things. And that's what running back feels like now in the NFL in 2023. Like they seem fabulous, but it's just been devalued and – there's almost like a surplus. Bless you. You didn't. You weren't anticipating my sneeze. There I wasn't. To carry me. Um, so let me throw a contract offer out to you. I'm, I just whipped this up the other day. Let me let me get your thoughts on it. And this is more of a long term deal, and all that stuff. 
Uh, if the Colts offered Jonathan Taylor a five-year deal for $80 million, it would put him as the second highest paid running back behind Christian McCaffrey by just a few thousand. Uh, they could offer more guaranteed money up front, which is probably what he wants. It also allows him to hit free agency again while he's still under 30 before the deal would be over. Is that a deal you think Jonathan Taylor would want? Is that a deal you think the Colts would want? Give me the specifics of it again. Five years, $80 million. That's the number he'd be looking for, but there's That's no, 16 way, million I, no un- way I do that if I'm the Colts. Okay. None. Zero. Yeah, and I I, I think guarantee-wise what he's more looking like, I could see like a three-year extension or something like that. But if he wants to, you know, wants to have the years on there, then five years, $80 million, that puts you still under McCaffrey. But if you get more guarantees, like $40 million guaranteed. I'm not an NFL general manager, but I play one on the radio. I would not. That's too rich for your blood. I would not pay a running back in today's NFL above a rookie contract. Just wouldn't do it. Yep. I mean, you saw, you've seen it all over the place. Jamal Williams from the Lions was the 11th leading rusher, and he's now on another team. They've gone with David Montgomery. The Bears let David Montgomery go. They're going with younger guys there. So, I mean, it is one of those things where it's kind of become a position that you can kind of just, you know, use up and spit guys out and just find the next guy. Take totally. a fifth round pick and throw I him mean, in there. I mean, there's an element of it that it is a, like I've always said, it is a fungible position, right? Yep. Um, so you are staying here this weekend, right? No, I have to go. I have to oh, fly down right. to Florida right. to go get the family. All right. Well, travel safe. All Thank right. you. Um, fun today for sure. Uh, Kevin, back on Monday, Road America this weekend for IndyCar Baseball State Finals as well, U.S. Open. Plenty to talk about and continuing the Colts as well. Sam, nice job. Everybody have a great Friday and a great weekend. We will talk to you on Monday. Life is full of things to manage. Your work, your family, your plans, and your treatment. Consider Kesimpta, Ofatumumab 20-milligram injection. You can take it yourself from the comfort of home. If you're ready for something different, ask your healthcare provider about Kesimpta. And check out the details at kesimpta.com. Brought to you by Novartis Pharmaceuticals Corporation. Welcome back to Dealing Together. First caller? I bought three sweaters to get the fourth free. Oh, you got fleeced. Next caller? I traded my old Samsung at AT&T for a new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus and chose my plan. That's not a bad deal. It is not. Our best smartphone deals. Your choice of plan. Learn how to get the new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus with Galaxy AI on us with eligible trade-in. AT&T. Connecting changes everything. Offers vary by device. Subject to change. S24 plus 256 gigabyte offer available for a limited time. Terms and restrictions apply. See att.com slash Samsung for details. (laughs) 